1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom
right, good eve- uh, good afternoon, folks. It is the Frank Report, and it is October 1st, 2015. It's Thursday. It's about nine minutes after noon Pacific time, if that's when it is where you're at. We are, in fact, live. Okay, so uh, 800-932-1980, 800-932-1980, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. That's the website. We have a chat room there. You can participate there. You'll see the chat link. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger, A-V-R-N Talk, is the screen name. Yeah, I'm a little uh, discombobulated here to start off the uh, show because, of course, I, uh, you know, I couldn't get things to work. Computer, uh, internet, you know, I couldn't get to where I wanted to get to, and I've been sitting here messing around trying to, uh, you know, because really, I, I, I promise, I don't make this stuff up, okay? I know, it's, it's dang it, now, see... And I had my coffee in the wrong spot. And uh, bumped it with my elbow and knocked some all over my uh, desk here. Well, it's not so bad. Anyway, yeah, I promise. I really don't make this stuff up. You know, I mean, it's real uh, It's real news. Yeah, and that's another thing. Uh, every, you know, there's a complaint I'll take it as a complaint. I know they're going to say, hey, it's just a statement, but no, it's a complaint. I recognize complaints. I get enough complaints. I know one when I see one. New month, old song. Well, too bad. Uh, I My plan was to play a new song. But, like I said, uh, I was having some difficulties. But, I will play the song going into the break that I think I'm going to use for, you know, October at least for for the theme song. Because now I have it. Uh, at the beginning of the uh, show, I didn't have it. Okay, so that's why you got the old song, because that's right there, and it was, you know, I could do it. So, unless you wanted to hear, like, you know, three more commercials, it wasn't going to... And no, no, I've changed my mind about what song uh, I'm going to use. So, nobody has had a preview yet. So, this is really a new, new song. (laughs) A new, new song. Now, I might use that other song that was previewed in the chat room, you know, some other month. But, for this month... We'll just do something uh, uh, new, new, all right? And I'll play it at the going into the break so you can, uh, you know, tell me how much you don't like it, how much you want the old song back or some other old song that I played or whatever. Hey, here in Oregon, how about some Oregon news to start off? 20 injured in shooting at Oregon Community College. Shooter in custody, officials say. Yeah, sure, okay, here we go in Oregon now. 
we can get all the communists up in Salem complaining, oh, we need uh, we need stronger gun laws or whatever. Approximately 20 people have been injured in a shooting at a community college in Douglas County, Oregon, according to an official. Now, Douglas County is, uh, well, I believe two counties north of me uh, because it's in, uh, well, the injured include a woman who was shot in the chest. You know, I got to wonder what kind of gun this guy has if somebody's only injured getting shot in the chest. I mean, because you take uh, like an AK-47 or an AR-15 or even a forty-five. You shoot somebody in the chest, they're a little more than injured, let me tell you. Uh, But anyway, the shooting began within the last hour at Umpqua Community College. The shooter is down and in custody. Umpqua Community College is located in Roseburg, a city in southwestern Oregon, about midway between Eugene and Medford. They don't have any more information about it because it just happened, basically. They say they're going to, you know, update it here as, you know, as they get more information, uh, you know, which will probably be, oh, well, you know, shooter dies of injuries, never speaks again, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And, you know, every one of these things needs to be checked out. All right. Every one of these needs to be checked out because they could be lying. Of course, this was a gun-free campus. So, you know, for anybody to start calling for more gun laws, you can't really have a much more restrictive gun law than you're not allowed to have any guns here. Uh, That's about as restrictive of a gun law as you can have. You can't have any guns here. Guns are not legal here at all. But yet somebody had a gun. I wonder why. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he was committing a crime, and criminals don't care about the law. You know, I mean, really. Now... Here's another article from somebody, uh, some other uh, news agency here. They indicate 7 to 10 people were killed and 20 injured. Okay? And this is what the Oregon State Police spokesman told CNN. Uh, CNN reported that the shooter, a man, has been <clears throat> neutralized. It's not immediately clear whether the shooter was injured. Well, gee, I don't know. Neutralized. Hmm. That's an odd word. You don't hear police, you know, you you don't hear police, you know, using that terminology uh, that much. Anyway, uh, students describe the scene as pure chaos. Uh, And this is the 45th shooting at a school in 2015. You know, and now, this is interesting. The 45th shooting at a school in 2015, okay, 
What are schools? All schools are gun-free campuses. Okay, they're all gun-free. Gun-free, man, you're safe at school because they're not allowed to bring guns, right? You're not allowed. It's against the law to have a gun at a school. So you're all safe at school, yet there's 45 shootings at schools in this year. Hmm, how's the how's the restrictive gun law working out? And what if one of those 20 people at the school, at the community college, which community colleges a lot of times have, you know, people older than just out of high school continuing their education. What if what if one of 20 of them had a gun? In their holster, you think they could have neutralized the shooter before he killed 10 people? I think so. But no, 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 no. It's a gun-free zone. And, uh, you know, you're safe here because we have a law. We have a law. The The community college, this is their law. Quote, Possession, use, or threatened use of a firearm, including but not limited to BB guns, air guns, water pistols, and paint guns. Water pistols, folks. Okay? They don't even allow water pistols at this school. Ammunition, explosives, dangerous chemicals, or any other objects, weapons that could be used as weapons on college property. Except as expressly authorized by law or College regulations is prohibited. How's that working? You know, I mean, really. And now people will, we need more laws. We need some gun laws. We need some more gun laws. You know what, though? What more gun laws? You can't even have water pistols at this school. Yeah, water pistols are illegal to bring to the school there. What? How much more gun law can you possibly have other to say, okay, nobody nowhere at no time can have any guns in in the whole state, anywhere? You think that's going to work? How's it working out at the schools? Because schools have that law, even water pistols. Do you think they've gone a little mad to to include water pistols? Wow. I, I mean, really. But they'll call for it, and that's when people need to stand up and say, Hey, listen, you've already got laws. They're not working. Your way is not working. That's the bottom line, and we need to start standing up as gun owners, as reasonable people who can see, okay, fine, you know what? We gave your plan a chance. Okay? We gave your plan a chance. We said, all right, well, okay, let's see if that'll work. Let's see how no guns, no no nothing, even water pistols, you can't have them. Let's see if that works. Let's see how your gun restrictions work. 
Let's see how the gun laws work. Well, we've seen. And what we've seen is everywhere they have restrictive gun laws, there's more gun deaths. There's more gun crime. Where they have lax laws, meaning, hey, you know, you can carry a gun concealed. You can carry a gun on your hip. States that you can carry a gun concealed without a permit. Communities that are very clearly more gun-friendly have less gun crime. These are the facts. You can twist it and talk about how you feel all you want. Well, I feel safer when nobody's allowed to have a gun except the criminals. Well, good. You can feel that way, but that's not the facts. It's not working. Your idea didn't work. So let's try a different idea. Let's try loosening the gun laws. Let's try encouraging law-abiding citizens, law-abiding people in this country to have a gun, to carry a gun, to conceal a gun, to be proficient in their use. Look, folks, I am all for, honestly, I really am all for requiring when you buy a gun for the first time, or even buy a buy a gun anytime, that you got to go to a, a a gun class. Not only about the safety. You see, they focus on safety, 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 because that's all you learn at any of these. You know, to get a concealed permit, you got to take a gun class. It's all about safety. And yeah, you get to fire the gun a couple times, but you know what? If you don't hit the target, that doesn't affect your ability to get the permit. What affects your ability to get the permit is how much you how much you know about safety. I think safety's great. People should be taught how to safely use a weapon. But they should also have to be at least somewhat proficient. And I think somewhat proficient would be hitting the target 50% of the time. Okay? What? That's not even, you know, I mean, come on. If you can't hit the target 50% of the time, I'm not comfortable with you having a gun. And I don't think, I don't think concealed carry should be a permit. I don't like the idea of a permit. That's it. Oh, I'm getting your permission. Thanks. Gee, thanks a lot. Oh, wait. I don't need your permission. I have a right to carry, to bear arms. But a certification? Yeah, I think that would be reasonable. I think that would be well-regulated. Okay? In the truest sense of well-armed and well-trained. That way, when the Chidlins are at college and uh, some maniac comes running in with a gun, you know, five guys sitting at their desks can pull out their 9 millimeters and uh, load him up. And yeah, he might kill somebody. But not 20 people. He's not going to kill 20 people. He might not kill anybody. He might not get the chance to do anything. 
he comes running in the room with a, a you know what a rifle or something he may not get a shot off if everybody's got a gun in the room and the fact is folks what we're doing's not working these strict no gun zones don't work these strict no gun cities hey let's take a look at chicago how's that working out Illinois tried to get the most restrictive gun laws in the country. Chicago did, too. They tried to ban all guns. The Supreme Court told them, wait a minute, you can't do that. You know, you can regulate them, but you can't just ban them. But Illinois, for the most part, bans guns through severe regulation. And waiting lists. Oh, this is going to take a while. Two, three, four, five years, you know. And by then, hopefully, you know, some thug will come and shoot you dead. We won't have to process your application anymore. How's that working in Chicago? You know, oh, 20 dead, gee golly, 45 shootings a year. Yeah, well, there's 45 shootings a weekend in Chicago. So uh, let's you know let let's look at this. How's this gun control working? Hey, you know it might have sounded like a good idea, okay? Really, a lot of things sound like good ideas. A lot of stuff works on paper, and then you say, well, okay, let's do that. That looks this look good. This looks good. This should work. This should work. Then you try it and it doesn't work. How many of you? have experienced this in your own life, where you thought you had a good idea, and you figured, okay, I'll try that, and it turns out, oh boy, (laughs) that was a mistake. That didn't work at all. What do you do? You keep doing it? No, I know. I know what the problem is. I need to do more. I I just didn't do enough of this. That's what's the problem with this plan I had that I thought was a good idea, but doesn't actually work. I got to do more of it. Then it'll work. Is that what you do? Or do you say, well, all right, it sounded like a good idea. I thought it would work, but I was wrong. It doesn't work, so I'm going to stop doing it and try something different. That's what reasonable, sane people do. Is that what our government has done? No. You know why? Because they're not reasonable and they're not sane. They are psychopaths with an agenda to disarm you so you can be taken advantage of and victimized by criminals that they pay off. Just like in, oh, where was that, Ferguson? Yeah, where the gangs basically said, okay, that's it. You know, we're going to have a riot because the Justice Department never came through with all the payments they had promised us for the protest. Yeah, you had to actually really be paying attention to the news to get that story because it went away real quick. But you see, this is the thing. I'm not making that up. That's a real story out of Ferguson, uh, Missouri or wherever. Yeah. We're going to riot now because the Justice Department has not followed through with all the payments they had promised the gangs for the original protest that they were involved in and instigating. Gee, 
Let's take all the law-abiding citizens' guns away. And then the Justice Department can roll into town and give the gang members thousands of dollars to go on a rampage and victimize you all. And that way you can cower in the corner and call for police, more police, we need more police, we need SWAT teams, we need the army in here, oh my gosh, government come and help me. That's what they want from gun control. It's time to resist. It's time to start being sane and say, look, your plan ain't working. It never has worked. It doesn't work anywhere. And it's getting people killed. So it's time to, it's time to try something different. Let's try the opposite and see if it happens. Because you know what? If something you do turns out to give you exactly the opposite effects that you thought it would, well then, well, reason would dictate that, well, okay, now let me try the exact opposite thing I am doing and see if I get the opposite effects. You know, doesn't that make sense? No. No, because you see, your safety and the trait that they tell you about, we want to keep your children safe at school, is not their agenda. They're lying. Okay? How hard is that? Uh, let's see. The politicians are lying. Oh, is that, is that really, come on, is that, is that really a hard sell? Really? Do I, do I have to give you examples? Do I really have to go much further? Do I really have to do the hard sell on that? Politicians are lying? But you know what? If you sit by and you say nothing and you let it go and you let these politicians get up there spouting their garbage out of their mouth about how more gun control is what we really need to keep our children safe then they're going to do it. It's time to stand up and make them look like the idiots they are. They can get up there and squeeze out some tears and act like, oh, but I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, feel the way you want. But the facts are the facts. Your plan doesn't work. It doesn't work anywhere. It doesn't work at schools. It doesn't work in the cities. It doesn't work anywhere. Criminals... Don't follow the law. I know, that's shocking. But, oh, well, that's why they're criminals. All right, we're going to take a break. Here's the song I'm thinking about uh, using as my theme for October. But, uh, you know, I'm not... I don't know. I'm not sure about it, but we'll play it now. And then uh, take a break, and we'll be back. Yo. <laughs> I 
gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt, and your rambling don't rattle me. Get on into town Shoot a little late ball down at the pool hall Drink a beer with my friend Now don't judge me and I won't judge you Cause we all get judged in the end Some people care about what other people think Worry about what they say Let a little gossip coming from a loose lip Run up a big day Saying fly, fly, fly Just a jack in there What they say A little, little gossip Coming from a loose lip A run my perfect day Saying blah, blah, blah Just a jack and nerd dog Gotta let it roll up on my back I don't give a darn What other people think What do you think about that? Say I don't give a damn What other people think What do you think about that? internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Thursday, October 1st, 2015, about 1241 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com is the website. You'll see the chat link there. You can go in the chat room, participate, or just chat or just lurk like most of them are doing right now. There's a little pile of people, and nobody's, um, well, one person is actually chatting. Well, two, I guess, me and uh, the other person. But anyway, if you want to contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is the screen name. All right, let's see. Okay, well, hey, that the, the song going into the break is the one that I am uh, going to use for October's in and out, you know, for the uh, so you're going to hear it a lot. Uh, it's a little shorter than the last one, but that's the one I've uh, decided to use. And um, it's a guy named Montgomery Gentry. It's a little bit, well, it's not a little bit. It's it's country music, uh, you know, modern country music, uh, Hank Williams Jr. style country music, and uh, I kind of like it. You know, I I like all kinds of well, not all kinds of music, but uh, I like some country music like that, and I like the uh, second one there. That was Pee Wee Moore, Running Moonshine. Nobody guessed either one, so I'll take that as another victory. But anyhow, so there there you have it. There it is. Those are the uh, songs. I uh, hope you like them. Uh, and somebody in the chat room says, don't go all out country. Uh, but I like what what I've done today with those two. You know, now I'm not going all out country. You know, I, uh, you know, people, but but then again, people go, ah, geez, has he play, ever play anything but blues? Well, not generally, <laughs> not generally, but you know, uh, yeah, I do mix in some, uh, you know, psychedelic rock, acid rock, uh, hard rock, uh, glam bands, and uh, you know, uh, country from time to time. But yeah, the uh, the staple is actually blues. All right, so there was a shooting in Oregon. Now the the gun grabbers are going to be in full force. And folks, I got to tell you, wherever you're at, and it's not just here in Oregon, they're doing it all over the country, trying to say, oh, we got to have a stronger, bigger, better gun laws. Well, you know, no, we don't, because we've got strong gun laws. 45 school shootings in 2015 so far. Schools are no gun zones. No gun. I read you what this particular community college's policy is. No water pistols even. Because God knows you'd take an eye out with a water pistol, huh? 
or maybe scare somebody to where they have an emotional distress PTSD for the rest of their lives. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo, I saw a water pistol and I thought that fluorescent green thing was a real gun because I'm an idiot and society needs to take care of idiots. Yeah, everybody needs to make accommodations for the idiots. Sorry, you know, that only works in idiocracy. And that's what we have really going on. And it's not so much the people's fault. They have completely been manipulated. And it it is their fault at the end of the day for saying, yeah, okay, yeah, let government do it. Let government do it. And that's really what has happened, okay? Because we didn't start out where we're at. It's taken quite a while for them to get where they're at here. But it started and it continues because people, decent people, have done one thing. They've sat back and said, well, I let government do it. I let government do it. You know what we should start saying? We don't want government doing anything. You know what? Fix the potholes in the roads. That's it. That's what we want you doing. Fix the potholes and the stinking roads and quit complaining that you need more money to do it. Or you've got to come up with some new and exciting way to tax us so you can fix the potholes in the road. Keep the sewer working. Keep the water running. Get out of our lives. That's what people need to start saying. Because just like gun laws, hey, how's that whole let government do it working out? How's that going? How's it worked out for America so far? Oh, let's see. They basically almost completely destroyed the United States of America by letting government do it. When we let the people do it, We were number one in the world in almost every category. Standard of living, education, health care, almost every category. We were number one when we let the people do it. When small business was the driving force in the American economy, we were number one in almost every category. Now that we've let government do it, and let the corporations take over. We're lucky if we're in the top 20 in any category. So how's that worked out? I guess if you want to be a loser third world nation, it's working out great. You want to make everybody a serf on the land so you can be the tyrant, I guess it's working out great. But is that what you all want? Well, it's it, you know what? It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. We just got to change a couple of things. Hey, guess what? Your gun laws don't work. We gave it a shot. Sounded like a good idea, but it didn't work. So now we're going to do the opposite. We're going to see if that works. Oh, and let the government do it? Okay, that hasn't worked either. So... uh We're going to try something different. We're going to try something opposite. Government, keep your hands out of everything. Fix the potholes. Keep the sewers and the water working, and that's it. Other than that, you can just go sit down. 
just an it's mostly an attitude. Sure, you got to put your attitude to action in some ways. But it's mostly an attitude. But most people got to have the attitude. All right, let's see here. We got news. We got other news. Here's a nice headline. Speaker Boner, Reddy's final sellout. Yes, of course he does. You know, this is people wonder, well, why didn't he just quit? I mean, if he's going to quit and leave, why didn't he just do it? Well, because he's still got one last sellout to his big donor buddies that he has to do. It's campaign season, and that means nonstop media coverage of candidate polls, quips, gaffes, tweets, emails, controversy, lies, and scandals. It all makes for a good soap opera. Unfortunately, it's almost all irrelevant in the big picture. No, it's, I disagree, it's all irrelevant in the big picture. We're a year from the elections or something, or, or the, you know, the the, what do you call them, the conventions even. I mean, this has got become ridiculous. The media prefer to focus on the sideshow rather than the 800-pound gorilla in the room because the 800-pound gorilla in the room paid them. The looming debt crisis. Nothing that comes out of a pundit's mouth or a Hillary Clinton email will close the $210 trillion long-term fiscal gap the U.S. now faces. More immediately, Congress faces a likely debt ceiling debacle in the next few weeks. See? Now listen. See, this all ties together, folks. (laughs) The attitude, you know what? We tried to let government do it, and it screwed us. So, you know what? Now we want government out of everything. Time to start calling your congressman and senator and say, shut it down. Shut it down. Keep it shut down. Go home, you know, go in a hole in the ground, go and do whatever you want, but shut it down. We've had enough of you. We don't need you to keep going. No, you know what? If you're shut down, you can't spend any more money, so shut it down. First up, members of Congress are considering full funding for Obama's budget, and the fiscal year begins October 1st. Whoops. Not surprisingly, the Obama administration's new budget calls for spending much more than the federal government will take in. Yes, so Congress will need to raise the statutory debt limit within the next few weeks in order to make that spending possible. Folks, what the hell here? Come on, do you get to do this? Well, yeah, you know, hey, I'm not making that much money, but I'm going to spend three times more than I bring in. What the hell? Come on. I can do it. Just just call up your bank, okay? That's what you do. You just call up your bank and tell them, hey, raise my uh, credit limit on all my credit cards. No, I, I, I'm not making any more money. And no, um, I don't have any prospects to make any more money. But you see, I need more money. So you need to just raise my credit limit so I can keep spending. See how that works for you, Okay. Just do that. Call up your bank and say, hey, well, wait a minute now. If Congress can do it, you know. 
Man. So let's see here. Disgraced Speaker Boner vows to, get this, ram through more deficit spending before leaving. (laughs) Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, I'm going to drive this country into the dirt as far as I can before I leave. To their credit, fiscal conservatives have just forced Speaker Boner, a proponent of runaway deficit spending, to announce his resignation. But Boner is defiantly vowing to ram through Obama's budget, Obama's budget, Obama's budget, and a higher debt limit before his exit in 30 days. I wonder what Obama's got on this guy. You know, because this so-called Republican, Boner, has been Obama's little water carrier since he became Speaker. It's it's really embarrassing and disgusting that Republicans around the country actually tolerated this guy for as long as they did. It really is. And he didn't leave because, oh, uh, whatever. No, somebody's got something on this puke that they, they said, listen, that's it. You're either out of here or we bring you down. Because, I mean, just how long ago was it? A year ago? There was a little rebellion in the House of Representatives where they wanted to elect a different Speaker of the House, and he fought tooth and nail, and then he punished everybody in the House of Representatives who voted against him, ripped them off committees and things like that. Yeah, that was Boner. He did that. Now, all of a sudden, he's leaving just because. Really? Just because, huh? You really believe that? Meanwhile, the chief Republican in the Senate, another piece of work, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, recently called efforts to rein in Obama's spending proposals an exercise in futility. Folks, these are not Republicans. How how did the Democrats take over the Republican Party, and get into leadership roles. Oh, I know. It's that same attitude. Let government do it. Don't pay attention. Let government do it. If enough members of Congress raise enough fuss, they can still prevent a debt limit increase from going through. But the Treasury Department says the extraordinary measures it's taking will only keep the government funded into November. So the threat of a default are already getting played up by the Obama administration and the media. Uh, Bad news, folks. This country is already in default. Do you really think, what was that number up here again? $210 trillion fiscal gap? Do you really believe that the United States government is ever going to be able to pay back $210 trillion? No. Nobody in their right mind believes they're ever going to be able to pay that back. So you know what? They are already in default. This is, this is a case of dead man walking. But they just want to keep going, keep doing it. Shut it down. 
you know, I mean, if the house is on fire, uh, well, okay, maybe you can't put the house out, but stop pouring gasoline on it. How about that? But no, not these guys. No, no, no. Now, uh, there's a video attached to this, which, of course, you can't see on radio, but the United Nations has introduced new feudalism under the guise of social activism. Yeah, we the people for the global goals. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, this month the delegates to the United Nations ratified their so-called global goals for sustainable development. This will involve a radical, far-reaching social and economic transformation of everyday life that has been in the works for decades. In the true Hegelian dialectic style, the program is taking place as various black swans linger on the economic horizon, while some of the very interests involved in the global goals are likewise putting the finishing touches on the Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement. And this is designed to crush the nation-state. This ambitious program will cost, by the United Nations' own estimate, you know they always lowball it, $5 trillion every year. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know what, folks? It's it's really time that you, that you stop going along with this. Uh, I mean, honestly, really. And it starts with a change of attitude. Instead of sitting back and saying, "Let the government do it," get the attitude, get the government out of everything, fix the potholes in the road. And once you get that, when you know what, once you get proficient at fixing the potholes in the road. Maybe then we'll give you another task. But you don't even have that down yet, so forget about it. What, you can't fix potholes in the road and I'm going to trust you with health care? I'm going to trust you with my children's education? You can't fix a pothole in the road. Think about that, folks. And also think about, oh, gun safety. Well, it hasn't worked, has it? Let's try something else. Let's go the opposite way. If what they wanted to do has given the opposite of what they said it would, then let's try the opposite and see if that actually gets us where we want to be. Anyway, I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is Financial Survival. Everybody stay right where you're at, and thanks for listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Can you hear me now? This is not a Verizon commercial, but can you hear me now? And yes, I, I guess I am being heard now. All right, let's get started again. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. My co-host, Alfred Addis, will be joining you with a pre-recorded interview with James Corbett of the Corbett Report, as he does every Thursday afternoon for the second and third uh, segment of the program. Today, I will be joined by with David Krieger. He's going to be joining us from Hobson NBT, and we're going to talk about silver, what's available, the premiums, and uh, to buy and to make sure you buy something with a little quick delivery. And a Silver Eagles most likely will not be available until the first of the year when the 2016s uh, reappear. So today is Thursday, as I mentioned, October 1st, 2015. I'll tell you, when a program doesn't start smoothly, it's a little uh, difficult to uh, um, get on the right track. But here we go. We have gold today down 110 for gold at 11.15. Silver's up three cents today at 14.64. Platinum is down four at 907. Palladium, palladium had a great day, three and a half percent, up 23 bucks at 679. I just can't imagine palladium to continue to rise when you have pressures on, on all the other white metals. And uh, we certainly do know that palladium is used for vehicles. And, um, you know, GM made a big uh, call today where they're looking to save billions of dollars. But I just want to get going so we can talk to David Hobson today. USDX today is down 0.14 at 96.13. Crude oil was also down 12, 0.12 at 44.97. Paper markets were off bigger earlier in the day, but they did bring them back. The Dow was only down 12 points at 16,271. The NASDAQ uh, was up 6 at 46.27. S&P is up 3 at 19.23. Uh, Euro, 112, up 0.13. European markets, um, there was pressure on those. Germany's DAX fell 1.6%. Uh, France's market fell 0.6%. The FTSE 100 uh, was up just fractionally. China had a manufacturing uh, report that rose in September, and it was up from its lowest level in three years. So you still have China's economic growth holding steady at 7% in the last quarter that ended in June. Uh, let's see, anything else? Dunkin' Donuts, if you like Dunkin' Donuts, they're going to be closing 100 stores around the country as uh, I guess everyone thinks that they're getting healthier and not buying their donuts. Um, but, you know, we saw the same thing with Twinkies. However, Dunkin' Donuts, they have really good coffee. So um, support them for their coffee. I want them to be around for their coffee. And um, let's see, I think that's uh, enough tomorrow. We do have the, the jobs report. They're forecasting that employers added about 200,000 workers to their payrolls last month. And, uh, you know, again, you know, the will she or won't she at the Federal Reserve increase its benchmark interest rate at the next meeting later this month. And, of course, if uh, strong hiring in the jobs report shows, then you could expect uh, that she might. Um, but it just seems uh, there's a lots of warning uh, that she shouldn't. So uh, that's pretty much it for tomorrow. All in the, the Commerce Department releases factory orders for August at 10 a.m. So you have uh, two major business economic events that are scheduled for tomorrow, and certainly everyone is eyeing the hurricane. 
that is coming up the coast. But let's go ahead and talk to David Hop, uh, David Krieger of Hobson NBT, and uh, he lives in Tampa, Florida, and um, he's familiar with hurricanes. Good afternoon, David. Hello, Melody. It's great to be back with you. It's great to have you here. It's been a while. It has. It has. I thought I was uh, banned from the show for a while, but I, uh, <laughs> I, that, I that's kind of a just a joke. I, I, yes. I know that's not true. Really? No. Anyway, every, <laughs> all eyes, all eyes are focused on uh, certainly uh, on the hurricane that's uh, pounding the Bahamas right now, and um, um, every, I, I think, think all we'll eyes are. You know, it, as much as uh, Florida is always in the uh, in the target yeah. zone. Uh, this one looks like it's going to go a little further north. I think uh, you're going to have more uh, feeling from it than we are. Uh, frankly, in Tampa, the uh, Joaquin has sucked a lot of the uh, humidity out of here, and uh, Florida's uh, actually in great shape right now. Well, it can change. It could change. I'll tell you sometime about being uh, in charge of... Uh, a lot of people, kind of close to 80,000, uh, going through a major hurricane with uh, what in the Philippines was called a typhoon and a simultaneous volcanic eruption. That uh, I, I'm a veteran of that, and uh, I don't think anybody would ever want to do that again. No, and I, I hope that would never happen again. I can't imagine um, sure. the destruction, the destruction, and everything. But uh, hopefully, this hurricane gets pulled back out to sea, and uh, you, you watch the. You know, you watch the the radar, and it, it doesn't even look like this hurricane would head north. I mean, it really does look like it would go into Florida the way it's turning and everything. <laughs> but certainly, uh, you know, all these uh, experts are saying it will move. Hopefully, it'll move a little more out to sea and, yes. and not have a direct hit on the east coast. And you know, we're going to talk about gold and, and, and mainly silver today, David. But it just really amazes me. And we all know gold prices and silver prices are manipulated. But, you know, here you have, you know, all these things that are happen that are happening in this country. There was another shooting in Oregon uh, at a community college. I guess 10 are, 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 are dead. And, uh, but you have Russia, you know, they're, you know, on airstrikes. You have Iranian troops that are – it's just like really – and there's no increase in the gold prices. I mean, 10 years ago, the same news, prices of gold and silver would be up huge. They would, they would have probably skyrocketed on the uh, following the press conference of uh, Kerry yesterday. Uh, I have no question about that. I, I think you're right. What I have seen, though, and it, I think you've seen it, is that uh, uh, there are a lot of people that are are buying uh, are buying coins, and uh, the delivery is stretching out on them. And I think that's an indicator that uh, even though the price isn't going up, it's a great time to accumulate, and and people are doing that. So we, we're staying busy, and uh, uh, a lot of it's shifted to uh, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, uh, an easily uh, uh, storable um, silver bullion, and uh, that's that's a little bit unusual for me because, as you know, I I tend to uh, like the certified coins and the uh, Swiss uh, francs uh, uh, a little bit more. But uh, the latest thing from uh, Australia, which is the kangaroos, I think uh, we'll have something to say about it. I I, I hope your listeners uh, will appreciate uh, what Perth Mint is doing. It's pretty exciting. 
Well, I just want to touch on the American Silver, e- Silver Eagles, and then we can talk about the uh, uh, the, the kangaroos and the Perth Mint mm-hmm. and the price and the boxes uh, that we have for sale today. Um, but the numbers for American Silver Eagles for the month of September was 3.8 million that were sold, and um, I mean that wasn't the biggest month, but certainly it was right up there. There was uh, two two months that were in five mil- over five million, and two months that were over four million, closer to five. So, uh, but then again, you have to look at September. And uh, you know we haven't been able to get them. So you, yeah. if the if the mint had was able to supply silver eagles, I bet we would have sold close to six million. Well, I think that's true. I think mm-hmm. that the uh, demand has been incredible. And uh, my understanding uh, from the what are called authorized purchasers, those are the, the people that actually distribute from the mint, is that the uh, the mint was running out of the planchettes and they just couldn't keep up with it. And and so what they did. Um, they have a number of uh, authorized purchasers. These are people who actually distribute for the mint uh, around the country. And um, the authorized purchasers were on allocation. So mm-hmm. where they, they may want to have, let's say they want to buy a million uh, ounces, uh, they were only uh, being uh, given a, a portion of that, maybe 10 or 15% of what they uh, could use. So I think you're exactly right. Six million probably would have been very achievable. Mm-hmm. And, and I know uh, uh, some of my other suppliers, they were expecting, you know, like maybe, you know, 20,000 or 50,000 Silver Eagles in. And, and just as you explained, um, they only received 5,000. So it mm-hmm. really put a, a damper on, on the ability to do shipping uh, uh, and certainly put a lot of delays on them. Well, and frankly, I tried to tell- we, we stopped, we stopped uh, uh, taking orders when it stretched over uh, three and a half, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, there are too many uh, too many uh, things that you know could uh, go upside down on that, and uh, and kind of warn the the uh, buyers that it would be better to to shift to something else. I and usually then, of course we always pick it up again when they when the delivery starts again. So I usually go about four weeks, and yeah. uh, and I think too when premiums when you have that type of delay you have these huge premiums that are created. And I think you have people have to learn that even though your preferred product you want to purchase are American Silver Eagles, there comes a point in time when you look at that premium and you have to look for something else because the product that you're purchasing at this point in time does not warrant the higher premium just because they're not available today. And you should start looking for something else that is uh, that has... Uh, uh, the same quality, a lower premium, and a little bit faster delivery. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, so we were talking about the uh, Perth Mint kangaroos, and there's a lot of benefits of per, uh, purchasing those uh, items. I mean, they're they're great coins, and there's some benefits. Would you like to uh, share with the listeners uh, your view? Sure. I, uh, I, I'm pretty excited about them. I, uh, I, I took delivery uh, of, the, of the first uh, shipment that uh, we handled here not long ago, and I, I, I'm really excited about it for several reasons. First of all, uh, a number of people who buy American Silver Eagles buy them in boxes, what are called the monster boxes, of 500. But one of the one of the uh, well, there's several criticisms that uh, have been voiced about that. One is that there's 500 per box, so that means that it's you know kind of backbreaking uh, to move it around and to store it. 
uh, it comes in a, I mean, it's a, it's a great way to ship and, and store things. It uh, comes in a uh, mint sealed box that has two uh, straps on it. But one of the uh, cautions of buying that also is that if you cut the uh, bands that are on there from uh, the West Point Mint, uh, you know, there's some concern whether or not uh, if, when you go to sell them, you know, the dealer is going to have to sit there and count all 500, make sure that they're all in good shape. Whereas if you don't cut the bands and they remain uh, sealed, well, then it's then it's just a much easier transaction. Well, the Perth Mint, I think, has done something very smart in marketing. They have come up with uh, what are called mini monster boxes. There are 250 uh, ounces per box, 250 one-ounce kangaroo coins in a box. Um, they're much, much, much easier to handle. Uh, they are sealed with uh, with uh, two bands, but if you break the bands and you open up the fiberglass box, on the inside you have 10 tubes of 25 coins each, which are each individually hologram sealed. So um, a per purchasing the kangaroos uh, can pretty much cut those uh, bands, open the thing up and, and look at the, you know, open a tube up and, and keep nine of them sealed. And I, and man, uh, the reaction to this has been, wow, why didn't somebody think of this earlier? It makes it so much easier. You can put, you can put a 250 uh, coin uh, uh, box essentially in your bug out bag if you want, or it, you can fit it in a, in a home safe much easier. If you have an IRA, it's IRA approved, but, but a lot of people are buying them just to keep them in their home. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, those, those advantages right there are great. They're, it's it's uh, four nines. It's .9999 uh, pure uh, silver. Uh, it's got a great design on it. And the other thing that I think Perth Mint did that's uh, absolutely special on this is when you look at the coin, uh, above the kangaroo design, it says the word Australia, and in uh, the word Australia, there is a micro engraving in the A, in the lower left corner of the A, that is a, a micro engraving of, a, of an A, and it, uh, it's very, very hard to counterfeit that coin uh, because of that micro engraving, and it just gives one more level of confidence and authenticity that comes into those coins. And I, I, I'm telling you, Melody, they are very... Uh, much in demand right now, mainly because the price is lower than the American Silver Eagle, uh, a little bit. Uh, they come in 250 per coin boxes. Uh, the boxes are are uh, easily maneuverable. The hologram seals great, and I'm I'm really enthusiastic about them. And and frankly, they're they're um, something I think your your uh, listeners might want to consider. And uh, it is a, a silver dollar. It's a one dollar, and on the other side. Uh, well, you you know you have the Elizabeth II on there. <laughs> so, right. Uh, just look at the kangaroo side. <laughs> well, but we are but we are running a special in these uh, for a box of two hundred and fifteen. The price is seventeen dollars and eighty eight cents. Four thousand four hundred and seventy dollars. So give us a call at one eight hundred three seven five four one eight eight. That twenty minutes goes very quick, David. And yeah. I had a little bit of a problem at the at the onset of the program, so uh, it it took away a couple of our minutes. So I apologize for that. But uh, um, 
I well, appreciate have you explaining. And, uh, have me back sometime, uh, and, and everything's forgiven. How's that? Okay. Maybe we'll have you back on next Tuesday and we can finish this conversation. But this is a great deal, David. And yes. uh, uh, the, the boxes are great. The quality is great. The number is great. And uh, so, folks, you just need to give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. Thank you, David, for joining me on this program. And, uh, folks, when uh, we return, you'll be listening to Al and James Corbett of the Corbett Report. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addisk, and this is Financial Survival for Wednesday evening. 
Our guest is James Corbett from the Corbett Report. James is uh, he's achieving a certain amount of international recognition, um, putting out videos, articles, um, interviewed on a number of different uh, uh, from a number of different uh, TV shows, if I understand correctly, and certainly radio programs, and making a name for himself. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's good to talk to you again, Al. Yep, good to talk to you, too. We missed you last week. Um, Melody said you were sick or something. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. And I probably didn't get that email in, in time for you to be prepared for that. Sorry about that. No, I was, it was surprising, but that's part of the fun of live radio. Yeah, and I've got yeah. Frank here. I can always blame Frank for any of the problems we either did. <laughs> blame the producer. <laughs> that's it, blame the producer. So it's, it wasn't a problem. Got to get by with it. I've got an article here from The Federalist entitled, China's Coming Great Depression. Now, this is an interesting article from my perspective because we've been told for, for a number of years that China is the growing heavyweight economy that is going to carry, essentially pull the world like a locomotive and pull us through economic problems. And yet we're beginning to see maybe that's not so. The, according to the article, it says China's massive over-indebtedness underlies its current slowdown. China is on the road to its own Great Depression. First, is China really massively overly indebted? I think I'm, a, I'm sitting here from we've heard so much about how many bonds, how much the China owns in terms of U.S. bonds. It's hard to think of them as overly indebted. We've been thinking of them as a creditor nation. Are they really overly indebted? Is that an accurate description? Uh, I don't know if indebtedness is necessarily the right way of putting it, but certainly uh, I think we have to understand that the Chinese bubble of the last several years has been a credit bubble. And it's the banking sector and specifically the shadow banking sector that has been the real boom of of the last several years since the global economic slowdown began in 2008. And we get that from a number of different sort of statistics and ways of looking in on that. But just the uh, the prevalence of these shadow banking types of deals, these wealth management uh, products and the other ideas that uh, people have had for investment in China for the last several years that promise 10% returns or greater uh, on, on really, I mean, just bargain, bargain deals. But of course, uh, as has been exposed in the last few years, all of these deals that are being run as, again, not the actual explicit banking sector, but kind of shadow banking deals that, uh, that get done um, directly with consumers, these are basically, uh, I, I, I don't know what the correct term for it is, not exactly Ponzi schemes, but they certainly are uh, funded by new investors coming into the deal every, every month or so. So uh, they're just paying off the, the old investors with the new investors. So I guess that is a type of Ponzi. But at any rate, uh, this is what's been happening for several years now. And we've seen that teetering on the edge of collapse. We saw, I think at the beginning of 2014, we saw some uh, some WMPs threatening to default, and we saw the uh, Chinese government step in with another huge creation of credit. So, I mean, it is, I think, quite accurate to say that the uh, the, the growth of the last several years, quote-unquote growth in China, has not been real economic underlying manufacturing growth. It's been basically growth in credit and, in, and investment vehicles of various sorts. And, of course, that 
culminated with the uh, the run up of the the Chinese stock bubble in the past year, and then of course now the the popping of that bubble. So uh, I think there is still a lot further to go. But uh, having said all of that, I mean we've heard about the you know the Chinese economic dragon and how it's going to be you know the the savior of global economic growth and all of that. But on the flip side, we've also been hearing for years now that China is ready to go any any moment now and it's going to pop and everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Well, that hasn't happened yet either. So uh, I think we should maintain a bit of incredulity on both sides of that argument. I I, I think the uh, the the point is the Chinese economy is not safe and sound and perfectly secure. But then again, neither is any Western. Uh, you know, the democratic economy that we can think of either. So I think it's just part of the, uh, the overall Ponzi scheme that's being played by all central banks right now. Do you agree with the assertion that China's on the road to its own Great Depression? I think that's absolutely a possible outcome of the way that the situ- system has been engineered to this point. And we've seen, we've seen some interesting moves, obviously, over the last couple of months. Of course, the plunge in the stock market and then the extraordinary um, extent to which China has stepped in to try to prop that back up and has been somewhat successful, at least at stopping the, 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 the blood from flowing in the streets, but has not really managed to maintain the, the stock market at the level that it was a few months ago. Um, but th- having said that, they have kind of more or less stopped the, the, the tide of blood flowing. And we've also seen, of course, that at the uh, revaluation of the yuan, the devaluation, um, we've seen uh, adjustments in the reserve rate requirements for um, b- banks and a lot of other pretty emergency-type moves. And, of course, also, as we noted a couple of months ago, China finally updated its gold holdings and is now doing so on a regular basis. Every month they're updating them. So they now, I believe, are the fifth largest gold holders officially, uh, having just uh, surpassed Russia with their latest update. So there's been a lot of moves in China lately, and I think some of them are trying to stem the tide of a very serious problem they're dealing with, including uh, those huge capital outflows we've talked about in, uh, in the last year or so. Um, but also, I think they're, we're seeing the, the real moves towards an increase in quote-unquote transparency to come more in line with what the IMF is looking for in reserve uh, uh, currencies so that the yuan can be added to the SDR basket. I think that's part of what's going on here. And those things combined at this moment makes it a very precarious situation. And we already know that Chinese capital is fleeing, trying to find safer, you know, greener pastures on the other side. And in fact, I just saw a report that 80% of new uh, housing starts in Irvine, California last year came from China. They were Chinese investors. So uh, I think we know where a lot of this money is going. And uh, I think China is trying to, to stem that tide. Well, first off, these capital outflows... China is endeavoring to impose some capital outflow restrictions, aren't they? Yes, and they have various means to do that. But at the same time, they're now trying to uh, internationalize and liberalize the, the yuan to make it more tradable. And that creates more holes for investors in China to get their money out. And, of course, I they've see. been using all sorts of illegal money laundering type tactics to get money out. Officially, I believe there's a $50,000 cap as to how much um, U.S. dollars Chinese citizens can purchase and how much they can kind of move out of the country. But they've been for years using schemes where they will use uh, brokers to basically get dozens of and dozens of different Chinese citizens to help them move out collectively millions of dollars. And uh, this has been going on for years. And I think this is a pretty well-known phenomenon. Now with the liberalization of the yuan, there's even more of these types of loopholes that people are taking advantage of to get their money out. 
What about the gold? We've heard that China was buying gold hand over fist for a number of years. And there was speculation that China, I don't even remember how much gold people supposed that China might have. Tens of thousands of tons, according to some. And they would have had the most largest gold supply in the world if that was true. And then China comes out with information that leads us to believe now they might have the fifth largest supply in the world. Do you think China is giving us accurate information about how much gold they have right now? Are they concealing some of their gold, or were the previous estimates just over the top? They were rational to begin with. Right. Well, I, I think they're getting closer to the truth, if, that's, uh, if that uh-huh. counts for anything. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, they, they clearly have more than the 1,600 or so tons they're now claiming to have. Um, it's just a question of how many more. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I think we're seeing that by the fact that, as I said, they hadn't updated their gold holdings in, I believe, six years before their uh, June update. And then, of course, it was suddenly they had 600 more tons of gold. Of course, they didn't accumulate that in one month. Of course, they're just starting to open the kimono as to their real holdings. And again, as I say, they've been updating it every month now. And uh, I, I believe it was uh, 16 tons that they added last month, supposedly. But as, uh, I, I think this is part of a process that's going on now. Of course, they don't want to just suddenly come out and say, guess what, we actually have 10,000 tons or whatever their, you know, their true holdings are. And uh, I've seen estimates anywhere from 3,000 up to 20,000. I even saw one mm-hmm. estimate of 40,000 tons. I don't really, I think that's a bit outlandish, but still, I, agree. I think China definitely has more than the 1,600 tons they're admitting, but I don't think they want to admit that all in one step, all at once. I think they want to just use that as almost a type of backstop of their own markets and, uh, and to keep sort of calm. It's just a little bit here, a little bit there, month after month after month, to make it look like it's some sort of gradual buildup, and then you know, as I say, getting closer and closer to that truth of whatever they actually have in their vaults. When we heard the stories that China might have 10,000 tons of gold, the next question was, where did the gold come from? And most people supposed it had to be coming from central banks like the Federal Reserve, the United States Treasury, whatever. The, the, the assumption was if China has, t- the United States had 8,200 tons of gold. And if China was suddenly up to 10,000 tons of gold, the speculation was much of that gold had to come from the U.S. Treasury. If China's telling the truth and they've only got 1,600 tons of gold, then can we, can we forget those conspiracy theories that Fort Knox is empty? Well, I, I think that's a, a different issue. I mean, it's, China has a lot of different ways that they can and presumably have been accumulating gold rather than the sort of Federal Reserve route, which one would not really expect them to be using. Certainly, I think there, there still is, I mean, huge question marks over the amount of gold in, say, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York vault and who that's really owned by. I think there's still huge questions about that, and that has to do with the German repatriation, what have you. China is a different story. They uh, have They've been buying up miners around the world. Um, they own, I think, the majority of gold mining operations or the majority of uh, produce or gold that is actually produced from those mining operations are ultimately sourced back to, to China. Plus, China has become the largest importer of gold in the world. You know, it, it varies from year to year between China and India. But anyway, China is now one or number one or number two on that list. 
And uh, of course, there's a lot of gold being sold in the Shanghai uh, exchange, which no one really knows. I mean, who the ultimate buyers are and whether or not the, the Bank of China might be using, you know, sort of off the record transactions to, to accumulate some of that stock. So there's a lot of different ways they presumably have been accumulating this gold over the years rather than going from the Federal Reserve. Uh, if they're the primary, if they are one of the primary gold mining operations in the world, and I'm not just talking about how much, how many mines are there in China. My understanding is they're squeezing every gram they can out of every ton they can find of, of, of possible ore within China. But you're saying they're buying gold mines around the world. Do you think China has overemphasized the need for gold? Are China being incredibly intelligent by buying gold, or are they being incredibly dumb? Is it, uh, has, has it really become the barbarous relic, or is it genius to buy the gold right now? Well, I, I think it's genius insofar as, I mean, the, it, we know the, well, I mean, I think we've demonstrated in the past the, the types of manipulations that have been keeping the spot price down for a very long time. It is the perfect time to be buying on yeah. these markets. But uh, I, I think China understands that at the very least. But I don't think it's actually for that type of investment purpose so much as it is, again, as a, uh, a further backstop to show, to demonstrate to the world markets when and if and as the time comes that it is meant to be one of the big players. And by that, of course, as I have been talking about for some time now, to be part of that SDR basket that the IMF administers. And I think the, uh, the, the backing of the gold is a, is a sign that this is a serious player on international markets. Are they buying the gold to back the yuan, or are they buying nope. the gold just as a way of dumping dollars? Well, I don't think it's just to dump dollars, but it is absolutely certainly not to form a specific backing. I don't think they're going to do that. Because as I say, the entire growth of the Chinese economy in the last seven, seven years or so has been on the back of credit expansion, which they couldn't do if they were backed by gold. So I, I don't think they have any interest in that. I don't think they want it. I think it's more a sense to demonstrate to the IMF and others, the, the international community, that there is something behind this. But they're not going to explicitly make a backing. The article that I was reading from from uh, Federalist said misguided supply-side policies in China will compound these problems and alert away from economic liberalization toward increased state control of industry. Do you believe that China will become increasingly oppressive because of the difficult financial situation they're in right now, the difficult economic situation they're in right now, or will they continue to liberalize? It's a strange liberalization that they're doing because, of course, so much of Chinese, the Chinese economy is already really Chinese state-owned economy, whether that's directly through Chinese state-run companies uh -huh. or through the Chinese state control of various sectors of the economy. And it's, I mean, I, I guess the only way that we can think about this is to look at what has actually happened in the past few months. And of course, we've had the, uh, the reports of uh, the, the various traders on the Chinese stock market who have been threatened with, and in some cases, actually imprisoned for their supposed role in creating this, you know, panic in the Chinese Shorting. stock market. Exactly. Yeah. If you short the market, it's clearly because you're trying to damage the market, so you have to mm -hmm. be imprisoned. 
Uh, I think that's a pretty good sign that China is not really letting up control of what's going on in in can they uh, their can they really can can China ever can the government ever really liberalize? I mean, it's compared to what? Certainly, they can be more liberal than they have been in the past. Yeah, right. But we're not yeah, going to see uh, something like speaking. a European style economy there. Uh, certainly not. Certainly not with the, uh, the the political system that they have. And if they want, if the Chinese Communist Party wants to maintain its ironclad control over the country politically, militarily, I think they have to maintain that control economically. I don't think they can affect you know complete liberalization and completely step out of this game. I think they have to maintain that sort of control. And I, I think again, it's one of those cases where the majority of the population is happy to go along with that as long as they are experiencing economic benefits. As long as it's a rising tide, most people are going to be happy. But once that tide yeah. starts to turn, that's okay. when we see this, the political unrest start to occur. So that's why I think the uh, the Chinese government would never would never allow the uh, the markets to just plunge. I think that's why they have to do this very slow piecemeal, trying to to sort of liberalize, but at the same time maintain that control. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. I'm here with James Corbett from the Corbett Report. Uh, James and I will be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663 that's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
folks. I'm Alfred Addis here on Financial Survival with our guest James Corbett from the Corbett Report. James is speaking to us from Japan. Uh, we are talking a little bit, we've been talking about China. Let's move a little bit to the West and talk about the Middle East. The Russia has made some really surprising inroads into the Middle East, and particularly Syria, just in the last few weeks. And now it looks like there's going to be a change that's significant. Russia's stepping in and essentially saying, we're going to kill ISIS. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work out, but while the government of the United States kind of, oh, my gosh, what should we do, what should we do, and wrings their hands, I get the impression Putin's just going to go in there, we're going to kill them all. Now, I may be exaggerating, but here's the headline from an article. It says, Barack Obama surrenders the Middle East to Russia, and it matters. Do you agree that Barack Obama is surrendering the Middle East to Russia right now? Is it that serious? Is there that much of a change taking place? Well, I agree that an absolutely tectonic shift is taking place in Syria right now, in the Syrian uh, conflict, and that is uh, brought about by Russia and their machinations. So let's let's take a step back a month or two ago. We saw, uh, again, through all this hand-wringing and what, what can we possibly do about ISIS? Oh, no. The U.S. Uh, signed a, an agreement with Turkey to create so-called ISIS-free zones that uh, Turkey was basically going to start you know, bombing campaigns with uh, U.S. support. And, uh, of course, that immediately turned into Kurdish-free zones. Basically, I mean, Turkey just using that as an excuse to, to, uh, to uh, try to corral in and, uh, and kill off some of their Kurdish uh, opposition uh, across the border there in Syria. So that was uh, quite, and, and that was even openly talked about even in the Western media. Basically, oh, Turkey kind of backstabbed the U.S. on this agreement. And, oh, you know, what, 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 again, what can we do? What can we do? At the exact same time, uh, at that time, uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was going around and floating this idea of a broad coalition he was mm -hmm. basically saying, everyone, uh, we all can agree, no matter what you think about Assad or, or uh, you know, these so-called rebels or whatever, we can all agree that ISIS is bad. We don't want them. We want to get rid of them. They are the enemy. So we can all agree to target them. And that was the idea behind this broad coalition. And, of course, it was rejected by basically everyone. I mean, the Syrian, the so-called Syrian National Council, the kind of, you know, Western slash Gulf uh, country supported uh, so-called moderate whatever op opposition in Syria turned it down. Uh, they were taken to Moscow and they said, well, the only thing we're ever going to agree to is if uh, Assad goes as part of the deal. That's the only thing that we'll ever agree to. Uh, the Saudis turned it down, uh, unsurprisingly. The, the White House eventually finally came out and said, no, we, we won't get behind that. So it looked like this was going to be the end of the deal. But then Russia just has in the last couple of weeks really put together a coalition. They uh, signed a, an agreement with Syria, Iran, and Iraq. Uh, the, the governments of those countries are going to be sharing intelligence with uh, Russia on I, uh, the IS and their movements and their positions and all of that and operations against them. So there's now a joint intelligence operation there. And uh, uh, not only sort of a military coalition that Russia's been forming with Iran and Hezbollah, now uh, China appears to be actually sending, uh, well, uh, sending at least one cruiser into the Mediterranean mm -hmm. uh, that has been reported as heading towards Syria. That's uh, what uh, one Syrian representative uh, uh, army official was uh, told the Lebanese 
outfit. He said the Chinese will be arriving in the coming weeks, that they are now a part of the, the military coalition. So that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge step. Even if it's, and I imagine China's role will be absolutely minimal, but any presence whatsoever indicates this is a growing type of coalition that Russia is really putting together at the moment. And of course, this culminated in the last 24 hours in the first now confirmed Russian airstrikes against well, supposedly ISIS targets, but now the the West is saying, no, they weren't ISIS targets. They're now bombing the, the moderate rebels that we're trying to support. So there's uh, going to be some huge uh, squabbles in the coming days and weeks over the whole narrative of the entire course of this Syrian conflict, because really, I mean, Russia and Putin are threatening to upstage and show the entire world to demonstrate the hypocrisy that I think anyone who's been following this knows that they claim, oh, what can we do about ISIS? So oh, nothing can be done when that's an easily demonstrable lie. I mean, the, if, if people were serious about taking ISIS off the table, they wouldn't have even gotten onto the table. And yeah. I think Russia is starting to show that uh, with these airstrikes. So I think it is a huge, huge thing that's happening right now. And I don't think it certainly doesn't seem to be anything that the Obama administration wanted or was planning on. And uh, I, I don't, don't think they, they could have expected this. No. Obama must have thought, well, Russia said Russia was saying, look, let's work together and get these guys. And Obama said, no, we don't need you, essentially. And never I can't imagine that he anticipated that Russia said, OK, we'll do it on our own. We don't need you. What's going to happen if Russia really pulls this off and essentially drives ISIS into a hole? And one other point about this, there have been stories, rumors, conspiracy theories that ISIS is ultimately funded by, funded, motivated by the United States. Now, I'm not saying those stories are true, but I'm curious whether you think they're true, because if they are, and the United States has set up this false flag operation essentially says, oh, my God, ISIS, while they're funding ISIS. And the Russians come in and start wasting the ISIS that's receiving money from the United States. Can the United States do anything about it? Can they stand up to defend ISIS, their, their alleged hypothetical client? Can they defend them or they just have to? What, what's going to happen here? Well, we don't have to speculate about where the support for ISIS is coming from, because we know that they end up with all of the equipment that was sent you know, by, on the record and in the open by uh, the U.S. and its allies as part of the you know, funding the opposition in Syria. It, all of that equipment ends up in the hands of ISIS, and that happens over and over again. So we know that it is coming. Of course, the official story is, well, we're not giving it to the Islamic State. It's just that it's, you know, somehow ending up in we're their hands. We're just leaving it out there with the keys and the ignition, right. and but somebody I mean, even, steals it. But, but even the BBC and others have been reporting literally for years now, uh, since almost the beginning of this crisis, that the main smuggling routes uh, into Syria for these t the, the terrorists in Syria has been uh, through Jordan, um, through uh, smuggling routes from Iraq, uh, that have been uh, well utilized by Saudi and uh, the, the Gulf states, uh, Qatar and others who have been funding this. So, again, there's a lot of information on that. And we know, for example, that the, uh, the U.S. was running a, a base in Jordan where they were training so, so opposition who just went on to become some of the leaders of the ISIS, uh, you know, Islamic State. But, oh, how could they have possibly known that that was going to happen? So, uh, again, there's a lot of different pieces of information. I put together an episode of my podcast last year on who is really behind ISIS that, that talks about all this information. And then, of course, earlier, just a, a few months ago, we got the, uh, the release of that uh, Defense Intelligence Agency document from 2012, 
that said, you know, what, what is happening in, is, uh, in Syria right now is likely to create a, a type of Islamic, um, a, 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 a Islamic breakaway state or an Islamic breakaway faction in, in the country. And uh, basically admitting, you know, exactly what was, what was happening and, and the fact that the U.S. government knew about it. And when questioned about that, the ex-head uh, of the Defense Intelligence Agency that put out that report, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, on Al Jazeera said, yes, I mean, it was part of a willful Washington decision to foster the creation of that. I mean, that's the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, or the ex-head, saying that. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty huge thing, and of course got very little coverage in the mainstream media, but still, it's there on record. So, uh, again, we don't have to worry about this. I think... Uh, the way to look at this, as in pretty much every country that we've seen this this uh, narrative play out in in recent years, including Libya, of course, is that the, uh, the the presence of these dastardly terrorist fighters who just somehow keep ending up with all of this money and arms and equipment and, and you know control of vast sections of land is the convenient excuse for everybody in the region to enact whatever their agenda is. So, I mean, obviously, for example, you have Saudi Arabia who gets to now uh, with a huge increase of military spending last year now is, I believe, the fourth largest military spender in the world, spending something like 12 percent of their GDP on the military as they ramp up in Syria, in Yemen and other places to assert more military might to become more of the regional player they always wanted. Turkey, as I say, of course, making hay of all of this to uh, crack down on their Kurdish opposition and to try to assert their role um, in the region. Uh, Israel obviously trying to destabilize Syria exactly as in accord with their on-the-record stated policy aims since the 1980s. Uh, the U.S., of course, I mean, largely going along with, with Israel and, and their their interests in the region. So I think everyone gets to benefit from this because the boogeyman is now in this square of the chessboard, so that lit, lets us put our pieces in that square of the chessboard. And I think the, the point is that everyone who benefits from that benefits from maintaining that as the status quo to have this islamic state there it is the boogeyman it just, there's nothing we can do about it nothing can dislodge them and that's a convenient narrative for everyone who has a, a piece in this uh in this in this game and now but russia is coming along to, to to show that is the hypocrisy that it is if russia disposes of the boogeyman what's going to happen I mean, Russia, they can't be yeah. pleased to see Russia coming over there. I, they, they say, my God, what's going to happen to our pretext? Exactly. And, and, and that is the question, really. Because once, once the Islamic State is gone, I mean, assuming it can be completely eradicated, what would be the point? I mean, at that point, then it turns back to, well, the whole point is to get rid of Assad. But again, then the question is, well, what, I mean, so what, what was the point of the last four years? And, uh, and just recently, in recent weeks, a, uh, there's been a new leak that was de- denied by all the parties officially, but supposedly back in February of 2012, so at the very beginning, way back at the beginning of this conflict, uh, Russia had said, we'll, we will make sure Assad steps down or there's some kind of power-sharing agreement. We will negotiate something. Um, we will come in and, and, and facilitate that, but uh, and, you know, let's end this, this, all of this right now. And the U.S. turned that down. So that's that's been reported in recent weeks that that deal was on the table from February 2012, and it was turned down again specifically because the the whole creation of this mess was in the interest of those who uh, who benefit from it. And uh, yeah, if if this ends, then really it turns back to the original, which is supposedly that this is some sort of 
grassroots movement against Assad coming from, you know, the, the Syrian citizens. Well, that that has been demonstrated to be a lie, because every time they try to find anyone who can be the moderate opposition, it always ends up being the next al-Nusra front or or uh, ISIS or all of their money and uh, equipment get in the hands of these people. So uh, I think that's been exposed as the lie that it is. And, and I don't think they can fall back on that. So it, it looks like as long I mean, unless and until Russia really abandons Assad and, and uh, puts that deal on the table out in the open, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think that Assad really has, has to worry about this because at the end, I think, you know, there's, there's really no way that he's going to be overthrown by this at this point unless and until the U.S. really steps in and, and, uh, and tries to do something drastic, which let's hope it does not happen because, I mean, that could cause, at this point, a serious, serious international incident between NATO and the, the Russian alliance that's been created. I mean, we're starting to see, as we've been talking about for years now, the real creation of those two sides of the, you know, the, the new Cold War narrative of the 21st century, and that's being formalized in things like China now joining Russia's coalition in Syria. We've got about oh, a minute and a half left. Not much time, but why is what is so bad or valuable about Syria that we have to be involved there in the first place? Uh, I think, well, yeah. I mean, partly this is uh, one reason that people would give is to say, well, you know, we broke it in Iraq, and this is all part and parcel of that, so now we have to fix it. I mean, I think that would be something along the lines of the, the official narrative of this. Um, but, I mean, clearly we know that on the record the U.S. has been directly involved, and um, we now have this from leaked cables, was involved in Syria and trying to destabilize the Assad government as far back as 2006, presumably earlier. So, um, you know, none of this really washes as to why this is suddenly coming to a head and as if this is some sort of new problem that's, that we're just coming to. I mean, this is part of a, a decade-long destabilization, and really, I think it is part of breaking up the region along those sectarian lines that was one of the real reasons for the Iraq invasion, was to create exactly what we have in Iraq now, split along Shia, Sunni, uh, Kurdish lines into a non-functioning failed state, which, again, allows the power vacuum for all sorts of different people to come in with their different agendas. And Syria is just an extension of that and the next stage of it. And, of course, let's not forget about the Brookings Institution and their report on which path to Persia, which specifically talked about how the path to, uh, to Iran, to Tehran, lies in Damascus. You have to go through Damascus and destabilizing Syria as a way to destabilize Iran, because, of course, uh, Syria is the major Iranian um, ally in the region. So... James, we're going to have to let it go with that because we are out of time. I want to thank you for the insight you've offered. I think helpful to all of us to understand we're going after Syria as a first step to getting Iran. It seems perhaps that's what's, what's intended. Look forward to talking to you next Thursday or next Wednesday, excuse me, evening. Um, I'm Alfred Addis here on Financial Survival. James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T. -T. Thank you, James. Good night.
Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio. Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating, gasoline reserves are low, and the price is rising. World events are, at best, uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646. 
and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret All right, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Call on American Voice Radio. And, wow, another week just goes by, you know, as we... Erase each one of them off the chalkboard of life. Uh, in the beginning, you think, gosh, you know, you'll never get to be 16. And you think, well, maybe I ought to be 18. And boy, I can't wait till I'm 21. And, you know, they say you reach the, the finest point of your life physically, except for when you're 25. And, uh, gee whiz. You know, 40, I'd, I'd be able to retire if I play my cards right uh, with uh, military retirement anyway. And, uh, you know, just next thing you know, you don't have very many marks uh, to erase. This, by the way, is the last great day. This is the day once Christ has come and has spent his millennial reign giving us perfect government that all of a sudden... All of those who have died will be resurrected, and they will stand trial. There will be the great white throne. This is the last great day. A lot of stuff is going to happen. All these people are going to be tried for their sins. And then, whoosh, I mean, you know, that's it. Uh, It's pretty remarkable when you think in the numbers, but uh, uh, God's way, I think, is going to be, and it again, God's time isn't necessarily our time, uh, but then uh, following that uh, comes the judgment of the saints, those of us who Uh, have come forward with Christ in the first resurrection when he comes to claim this earth, all who have died in Christ uh, will come with him. Then we are judged. There's been a thousand years now. Remember, Satan has been loosed for a season just to see if he could uh, tempt anyone that was... uh, you know, present on this earth with Christ during the millennial age. But now he's been taken care of, and uh, all of this happens. Uh, he gets locked up uh, along with the little horn and with the great deceiver. This is the Antichrist, and this is the clerical uh, little horn, which is all on the side of Satan pushing people to uh, take a mark. And it's very clear in Revelation uh, that there is, you say, well, God would forgive everything. What I'm going to do is take a mark, and uh, I continue to get groceries and Social Security and Medicare and gasoline, and life will go on for me. Uh, These crazy Christians 
they're, they're being persecuted, uh, being imprisoned, killed, uh, because uh, they are so hateful and so much against uh, the new world uh, religion and uh, the borderless uh, governments that we have under the Antichrist, I'll, uh, God will forgive me. Not according to the Bible. Apparently, uh, there are a couple of sins that aren't forgivable. One of them uh, is the sin against uh, denying the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a great giver of gifts. And it says in James, as I've referenced many times to you, James uh, 1, it says, if you desire knowledge, uh, just ask. If you want to know wisdom, God will give it to you. And the Holy Spirit also testifies of the divinity of uh, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. If you deny it, having been given this testimony, confirmation, you've been born again, uh, you have changed your ways. If you slip back in, uh, this is uh, you become the son of perdition, and this is not forgivable. Also, it says, the smoke from your torment will arrive us forever and ever if you take this mark of the beast, which allows you to continue life uh, comfortably where you can work and buy gasoline and groceries at the store. Uh, but this mark means that uh, you've got, this is all right when Christ first, uh, before he comes. Anyway, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. This is an unforgivable sin. Read clar carefully about this in Revelation. Now, when Christ uh, does come, they lock up Satan and uh, the Antichrist and uh, the cleric and all of this uh, takes place. And then we have uh, this period of uh, millennial reign where Christ gives us perfect government. And as I've said before, the lion lays down with the lamb. There's peace on this earth. Uh, we get a Ph.D. in how to live righteously. Thousand years. Uh, we're not dying. Thousand years under Christ's millennial reign. Then all of those who have died since the creation, since Adam, will be brought forward. These are all those who have died that were not in Christ. They will be judged for their sins. And uh, Satan will be part of the judgment, the Antichrist, the bad clerics, etc. They will go to hell. Uh, now, the rest of us on this day, the last great day, we will be judged for our works, for our glory, because God has promised us, if we accept Yeshua Messiah, that our sins will be remembered no more. I've given you all the references on that. 
And so, uh, believe it. And uh, praise God for it. And cling to it. Stand on the word. But don't take this mark. Now, if I were to tell you that Bernard Schwartz is dead, you might not think a lot of it. Now, there are a lot of Schwartzes, but Bernard Schwartz was very famous. He changed his name to Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis, as today, has gone on to his reward at 85. He was uh, married six times, which means I guess he had a full wife. Uh, he was uh, the cutest boy in town when he first got started in Hollyweird, and we all remember Tony Curtis as that. Tony Curtis has a ranch out here where I live in this desert. Yep, 50 miles as a crow flies southwest of Lost Wages. There is a Tony Curtis ranch. It is a rescue ranch. Oh, I'm so thrilled with it because, see, what happens is in Nevada, we have something that you don't see much of. We have wild horses. Now, I've had uh, film teams from around the world come to visit me uh, to get my comments and my images uh, for one thing or the other. And uh, in each case where they've uh, seemed decent, I've asked them, why don't you use your cameras uh, to record some one of the most beautiful things in all of nature, and that is these wild horses. And so uh, I know exactly where they are, they precisely. And I go and I take them, and they they look... As uh, as wonderful uh, and it, as beautiful as horses that are well kept, uh, there are uh, spotted horses and there's Arab horses and thoroughbred. I mean, it, it it just runs, but they're wild. They don't have any saddles. They haven't been ridden or tethered. And uh, Tony Curtis. I came out here, and he started uh, the Shiloh Sanctuary for Horses. And I pray, I pray, and I hope you do too, that uh, the death of Tony Curtis today will not mean the closure of Shiloh Sanctuary for Horses. You know, it breaks my heart. And I believe it does every other true American. When we see the BLM kill these horses, they round them up using helicopters. They run them to death. They round them up. They kill them because they say, well, uh, their uh, range is not sufficient. You know, they will starve. The horses where I know where they're at, 
and I've taken uh, people from Sandy Valley and other valley people know where they stay. They are beautiful. They're not skinny. They're not starving uh, for either food or water because they know where it is. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised uh, to hear that whop, 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 and uh, see helicopters circling around uh, this wild horse area. And so Tony Curtis's ranch, Shiloh Sanctuary, instead of letting the BLM kill these horses, because, see, we have the SPCA, don't we? And we have things that uh, protect uh, small domesticated animals like cats and dogs. But there isn't such a protection for these beautiful things that are present, obviously, in the Bible, under use by angels, horses and chariots of fire picked up uh, Elijah. And that's how he went to heaven. And there are just marvelous stories in the Bible that relate uh, to horses. And the horses are so beautiful. So let's pray. Uh, Regardless of, I think Tony Curtis, uh, God knows and the Holy Spirit knows uh, what should be his uh, reward. Maybe he'll just rest until the first coming and I would hope he would come with Christ. And if not, then the second resurrection. But one thing that Tony Curtis has done, I'm not counting uh, his uh, six marriages or all the movies he made, but Tony Curtis put Shiloh, Sanctuary for Horses, out here at Sandy Valley. And uh, some of the valley people can go over and you can adopt a horse out of there. And, you know, if you live somewhere else, you come up to Sandy Valley, I'll show you where it is. And maybe you can adopt a horse also. It's a great service. Anyway, Tony Curtis, a wonderful actor. Don't know anything rotten or nasty about him. Uh, Died today at the age of 85 also known to his mother as Bernard uh, Schwartz. Now, there's uh, one other small thing, and this is uh, in relevance to, like, Shiloh Sanctuary for horses, but we don't have any more Medal of Honor recipients. We don't call them Congressional Medal of Honor winners. Uh, There aren't any winners uh, the Medal of Honor is has nothing to do with Congress, so it's not the Congressional Medal of Honor. And uh, they are recipients that for gallantry above and beyond the call of duty, uh, they have been singled out. Mostly the medals are awarded posthumously. Well, the last living Medal of Honor winner, you see he's not a winner, but this is what the news says. The last living Medal of Honor recipient is Vern Baker from World War II. 
and uh, Vern Baker died this past July. So there are no Medal of Honor recipients left from World War II. We're losing our World War II vets. Well, the family of Vern Baker went to visit uh, the National uh, Cemetery where Vern is another uh, Medal of Honor recipients are buried, and they were going to be taken on a tour. This included uh, his grandchildren, and they were turned back. They weren't allowed because the grandson was wearing uh, shorts. Well, you know, you come to lost wages, we're a desert town, and in the daytime, uh, it's always very pleasant. As a matter of fact, it gets uh, you know 110 around here, not quite as hot as uh, the record set in Los Angeles just uh, this uh, this week, 113, with all that humidity. But uh, you see people in shorts. All the time, because it allows air to circulate and parts of the anatomy to get overheated, I guess. And people wear short sleeve shirts. I haven't worn a tie, and I don't know when. And I don't intend to start wearing a tie. And if I'm buried, I want to put the message out. I don't want to uh, be in a tie. I never have liked ties. I don't wear short pants. But uh, I've, I've actually never done that. You know, in places where you see in Hollywood, like Africa and Latin America, listen, the bugs, the snakes, the spiders, <laughs> there's too many of them to be running around in short pants. And so uh, I'm just saying that uh, in Washington, D.C., this is a tourist town. Well, it used to be. I mean, you go to L.A. and you walk along uh, the beach, everybody's almost in short pants. When I'm there in long pants, I feel, uh, you know, obvious and uncomfortable. One is because there is humidity and uh, with heat. But Washington, D.C., my gosh, you've got all of these people, and the government is scared to death of us. And they now used to be able, you could uh, drive right down uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, uh, Pennsylvania is the one that faces uh, the entrance uh, to the White House. And 16th Street and 17th Street, those are the two streets. Uh, 16th Street is uh, on uh, on the east side and 17th Street is on the west side, and that was the enclosure uh, for the White House, the old executive office building. But you could walk right down there and look. Uh, you know, they have a gate uh, that surrounds the White House. You could, uh, you know, kind of like looking at the monkeys uh, or the animals at the zoo. You could stand there and look in, and uh, there's guards now. Uh, the Secret Service has its uh, uniformed guards, uh, they're all dressed out in blue uniforms and gold badges. And then they have the uh, Secret Service in its civilian 
uh, protective uh, garb, and uh, those are supposed to look like everybody else, but you can kind of tell because they don't ever have mustaches, uh, beards. Uh, their haircuts always uh, very uh, nice. The women always dress in slacks, and a lot of times they'll wear coats, even, I mean some kind of outer dress, even in the summertime when it's hot because they're carrying submachine guns uh, if they're on some kind of protective uh, detail at the time. Let's get back to Vern Baker's family. Uh, wow. I would hope that when I look at Arlington and I see the unspeakable crime that was committed there, you know, we have the old guard. I told you yesterday it stays at Fort Myer, uh, Virginia, and uh, they every day are detailed a company from if you are a colonel, uh, or your general, a company of old guard will march, uh, looking better than any other soldiers in the world. Their shoes are uh, like glass. You have to be six feet two uh, to be on this detail. So they dwarf almost everybody else. They have uh, the cannons. They have the firing element. They have uh, Blackjack, the horse uh, that is being led, uh, the caisson. And Blackjack has uh, boots that are backwards in the stirrups. All this very ceremonious. But uh, not even the old guard knew that they were just uh, kind of disposing of bodies, uh, you know, burying some of them on top of others, not burying some of them at all, just uh, keeping them, uh, you know, in the back room. Uh, this is uh, the Obama uh, administration uh, had uh, no, they, they first of all do not put Arlington with the national uh, cemeteries. So there isn't an uh, organization, uh, there is a National Cemetery uh, Bureau, and this is uh, very tightly run because you have national uh, veteran cemeteries in almost all the states. But Arlington was run by itself, and the Secretary of the Army is responsible for Arlington Cemetery. Well, the appointees, uh, the top two appointees, were two black men. Uh, who are in a very prestigious uh, running this director of Arlington Cemetery. I mean, JFK is buried there. And Custis Lee Mansion, uh, Custis Lee family that goes back to the Revolutionary War, which was Robert E. Lee's uh, kin. You know, the mansion is there. It's beautiful. And yet, it was mean. It was lazy. It was sleazy that these men in charge cared so little for our gallant dead that they did not keep the records properly. They didn't bury them properly. They didn't record them properly. 
And I noticed where the chief of staff, they sent out a letter to all the retirees. It's called Echoes. And uh, he said that it was unspeakable what uh, these two men uh, did not do and what they did do, and uh, that they uh, have been punished, and that a director of Arlington Cemetery has been appointed a woman. Well, this is not enough. I want to know what they did to these two people. And uh, secondly, I want to know what kind of management they have. You drive by the Pentagon, and if you're going north, uh, you will pass Arlington Cemetery and uh, Fort Myer entrance. You have to drive through Arlington Cemetery. The Netherlands gave us, uh, the United States, these beautiful bells that chime. If you go on to the north, you see the Marine Memorial with the men putting the flag up on Mount Suribachi in Iwo Jima. And then right there is Arlington Cemetery. It just stretches out, endless, beautiful, and uh, in such poor management. And then the last Medal of Honor recipient to be alive who died in July, his family goes... And they're turned away because the grandson is wearing shorts. Something is wrong with this government. It's not our government. All right, we're going to take a pause. And so stay right where you are with American Voice Radio. Freedom Call will be right back. Gasoline reserves are low and the prices rise. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. 
And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. There are nine kinds of water. Hard water, raw water, boiled water, soft water, rain water, snow water, filtered water, deionized water, and distilled water. Only one of these kinds of water is good for you. Distilled water is water which has been turned into vapor so that all its impurities are left behind. Then, by condensing, it is turned back to pure water. It is the only water which is pure. The only water free from all impurities. The choice is clear. Dr. Alan E. Bannock. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99. Postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
right, guys, we're back with you on American Voice Radio Freedom Call Thursday, the last great day as the sun goes down. The judgments had been made if this uh, was the day in, in fulfillment. Now, the all of the spring feasts have been fulfilled. That means that uh, Christ has fulfilled the Passover. He has fulfilled the first fruits. He has fulfilled the purpose of unleavened bread. The Holy Spirit uh, has come, and so uh, it's called the Feast of Weeks. Uh, that has uh, been fulfilled, and now uh, we are in the Fall Feast, and the Fall Feasts are the Feast of Trumpets, wherein Christ will come to claim this earth, and the trump will be sounded. And then, uh, just ten days later, uh, is the Feast of Atonement. And I've told you, Bo, a, a representation of the gospel, uh, because uh, we had, Christ has already atoned for our sins, so this must be the Feast of Atonement. Uh, has, Christ has come now and brought with him all of those who have died in him and that are upon this earth uh, and uh, that are of Christ. And so uh, is there a need for atonement? So ten days after his coming, uh, we have Armageddon and all this stuff. Uh, the Feast of Atonement occurs. And, of course, I think it has something to do uh, with uh, the uh, lost tribes of Israel being found, and uh, in some cases they may have been uh, keeping the oracles of God and may have been part, and it isn't their fault, of a religious uh, sect that says uh, Jesus isn't the Christ. Uh, we're waiting on uh, somebody else, but here he is, and so I think that is my interpretation of what this Feast of Atonement is all about. And then, of course, there's the Feast of Tabernacles, which we've enjoyed this past week. And then there's the last great day, which is the judgment. Whoa! And after the judgment is over, when the sun sets here today, then you might see, are you still, did you make the cut? Are you still with us? And the earth will be changed. There will be a new earth. The earth is changed by fervent heat, but apparently it doesn't bother us at all. And I know everything's going to be all right. We're going to have a lot of very good people of our family, our loved ones, our comrades, maybe Tony Curtis. I mean, it's all right to be named Bernard Schwartz. Tony Curtis sounds has a lot more of a song to it, doesn't it? And I was telling you about uh, Vern Baker's family, and I get, uh, I have weaknesses. One of them is Arlington Cemetery. Another is the Vietnam Wall. 
The third is that our young men and women are in harm's way for no good reason other than politics and uh, private industry and power, oil, opium, and the, the absolute devilish things that are going on. Those are my weaknesses. And as I was talking with Frank uh, during the break, uh, he pointed out, he said, you know, Bo, uh, you were talking about Arlington uh, because Arlington's on my mind. And, and these two uh, less than human beings that were employed and had all of this prestige were paid extremely well and then were ignoring our gallant dead and their duties. If they needed help, they've got a whole battalion over there called the Old Guard and a lot more besides. And it actually, uh, and so uh, Frank furnished me with some detail. I was concerned about Vern Baker's family. It's thinking about wild horses that, and it won't be at Shiloh Sanctuary that'll be rounded up by BLM and killed. Anyway, the family, the Vern Baker family, had been invited to tour the White House. And the 10-year-old grandson was in a T-shirt and short pants because it is hot in Washington, D.C. right now. They had come all the way from St. Marie, Idaho, to Washington, D.C. They were being honored. Vern Baker died in July, the last of our best generation who had been decorated with the Medal of Honor. Now, why would Obama and his staff, I'm talking about staff down that meet you at the door when you've got an invitation from the White House and you bring your whole family, including the grandchildren, and you go there and they turn you away because the grandson is wearing shorts, has a T-shirt on. There, When you go on the website, Frank uh, did this. This is Frank Steffen, owner and operator, American vet of American Voice Radio. There is no dress code for you. This is a boy, 10. I get so disgusted with these politicians. You know, and uh, and let me... Now, this is a Republican, and I'm supposed to uh, be a, a conservative. I am an independent. I just... I, I've been an independent for years. I voted for Wallace uh, way back when I was in Vietnam in 68, the point uh, of an independent is uh, the reason I 
I was a Republican before. Then I was an independent. I re-enlisted uh, as an independent, my brother, as a Republican, because at the primary, all you have are a lot of weird people. Uh, you have the communist and you have the people that nobody heard of. I want to be able to vote for something meaningful in the primary. And yet, as a Republican, I'm not proud, you know, of what I'm seeing. Now, I've gone over with you this young woman who is a delightful person, uh, this Miss uh, uh, O'Donnell, and uh, I, I think that I would vote for her. And I, as I look at it, I, I guess I would vote for her. She's from Delaware. But she's made some statements that uh, you know, show her immaturity, talking about witchcraft, worshiping Satan. And, I mean, this is not exactly what uh, the Tea Party is all about and the Republican conservatives, etc., and uh, then she says she only believes in creationism and uh, not at all in uh, evolution. And I did my best the last couple of days to talk to you about how the two are compatible. You don't, your religion it doesn't have to be that fragile. There is evolution. Things have evolved. There was a pre-Adamic period. This is what is clearly represented in the land of Nod, where Cain goes off and finds a wife. These people obviously are not in the image of God or his counsel. Call them angels or whatever you will. He speaks in the plural. Let us go down. And we will create man in our image. And so uh, there is a philosophy, and maybe you should start to look at this, a pre-Adamic world that does answer the question of evolution. And then there is this time era, which, does, as far as I'm concerned, it starts a 6,000-year clock. And it is the time of Adam and uh, all of those others, the 12 tribes that end up you know, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, who becomes Israel. And then I can give you the history of it and have on this program. About 1,000 B.C., the 10 northern tribes are wiped out. In 70 A.D., the last of them, God has divorced uh, this uh, wife that he married that uh, has guilty of adultery and many abominations. But he says he has a new covenant, and Israel may be lost to our human eyes but Israel is known. Every hair of our head is known 
Every sparrow is known by Almighty God, Yahweh. And so don't be surprised if you feel a swelling in your chest uh, when the last great day comes and you find that you are of a tribe, a lost tribe of Israel, that you are of Christ as he is of the Father. And then all of these wonderful things are for you. Anyway, I wanted to mention, uh, we've got to be careful. Uh, this guy that I've been telling you about, Carl uh, uh, Palladino, Carl Palladino is a Republican. He is a uh, one of the of the favorites of the Tea Party. Uh, he will run against uh, the New York current uh, Attorney General uh, Cuomo. But uh, and Cuomo seems to be, very frankly, much more civilized. I've seen Palladino on the media now almost daily. Uh, he is uh, going to, uh, I think, be on uh, tomorrow on Fox. They're going to interview because Fox is the Republican uh, propaganda news outlet, and they're going to uh, interview Carl with a C, uh, Palladino. I don't know if they'll ask him about the emails that he's sent out to what he called his friends. He says, my friends, my people, my associates are in uh, you know, the, uh, their construction people. They're rough. Well, these emails, which he, giggling and laughing, he thought they were funny. They show women uh, committing sodomy with animals. I find no humor. I find that there is a great flaw and weakness. There is a black hole. If Carl Palladino believes this, as I've seen him say that he thought, well, this is my private life. This is what I do. You know, friends, New York is a far too good of a place with far too many people. He says, I'll run this uh, great state. I'll take a baseball bat to him. That's what I'll do. Now, Palladino today is admitting, because they were trying to get shots of his 10-year-old daughter, he's admitting having a mistress while he has a wife. He's admitting having a love child. Uh, which is his daughter. Friends, <laughs> I don't know about you. This may be politically wonderful in Satan's own, but n not in my generation. I could not vote for such a man. I don't care if he is a Republican and has the good housekeeping seal of the Tea Party. I could not vote for some man like that. He has a violent attitude. He seems to be profane. I don't like the idea that he would not recognize the law but prefer 
a baseball bat. And I don't like the idea that he thinks, apparently, that adultery is nothing wrong with that. And uh, that, you know, he admits this and and sends this, this smut. I mean, how degrading does it get for a woman? You talk about, well, you know, they make uh, women all the time. They show them uh, naked. Uh, uh, for some reason, you know, women seem uh, to be wanting their lips to be big and fat and their behinds to stick out and their front ends uh, to be enhanced and enlarged. I think these are degrading myself. But Carl Palladino, Republican candidate for mayor, or not mayor, but governor of the great state of New York, he thinks it's funny to have pictures showing women uh, having sex uh, with horses and other animals. I think that he probably qualifies uh, as an animal. Maybe that's why he thinks it's so funny. By the way, something that's kind of uh, interesting, polls, you don't, uh, don't rely on them. I had to take a course in statistics uh, as I was getting an advanced degree, and the reason they make I think it's one of the requirements for advanced degrees is so you understand how numbers can be twisted around. Anyway, 89% of the people that were uh, asked said that they are worse off than they were two years ago. And 41% said uh, that if they... uh, were to vote now, they would be voting against democratic policies. Well, friends, that's exactly in what I've been talking about. It uh, there's some bad things that are going on now. There's a guy from the Department of Justice who committed suicide today. He was one of the DOJ prosecutors that was testifying against Ted Stevens. Ted Stevens, former senator from the great state of Alaska, brought up before the Ethics Committee. And it's just like Randy Weaver. The Department of Justice doesn't need to lie. Uh, They don't need to withhold uh, evidence. And so this was a kangaroo court set up against Ted Stevens. And this prosecutor was being investigated himself and commit suicide. Now, along with that, you've got this thing, remember the Black Panthers and how uh, they, it's obvious from what I saw uh, with people that had uh, video means, uh, here these Black Panthers are, you know, with uh, night clubs, billy clubs, standing in front of uh, polling places, intimidating people, and uh, yet DOJ says, well, we're not going to do anything about that. Well, it's uh, apparently a lot worse than that. Now there are people in Department of Justice, mainly white people, that are saying there is a real problem with reverse discrimination 
in the Department of Justice because they say they're afraid they're going for their job to speak out, but that they're it, they have a policy in the Department of Justice no enforcement of rights for whites. I don't understand this. I mean, I, uh, it just tells me that uh, we have a long way to go, you know, in this country to clean this country up. And I was talking with my son uh, last night about uh, the candidates running that are Republican that don't that seem to be, you know, about a a bubble and a half off. And uh, my son has been in government, in civil government for over 15 years. And he said, Dad, uh, we can't think about who we're voting for. We need to think about and focus on who and what we're voting against. He said, that's what this election is about. It's about who are we voting against. And uh, I can certainly understand that. By the way, the Bush tax breaks uh, ceased to exist the end of December, and uh, they have voted now in Congress. There will be no vote to extend uh, these tax breaks for any uh, class or category of American wage earner. And uh, it means that the next time Congress will get back together, it'll be lame duck in December. If they don't get to it then, then, friends, uh, all of those were it. And matter of fact, the Democrats are even saying, and the Republicans, that anything that would be done as tax relief uh, would be temporary because we just owe too much. Well, I look at Germany. And I see the prime minister of Germany, a female, and how she has cut taxes for people and businesses. And it's working. The people are getting their jobs. The businesses are able to hire and expand. And so you can go one of two ways. And one way is toward communism. The other way is toward free enterprise. I am amazed to see that it uh, takes Germany uh, maybe to show a way that uh, America uh, should go. All right, there's so much that uh, I, again, would like to tell you, but I will uh, wait and we will do it uh, tomorrow when it isn't the last uh, great day. And uh, the U.S. Postal Department, by the way, was going to try to up the stamps by two cents. They lost $3.8 billion last year, uh, but Congress has turned them down. And uh, stay where you are. Uh, I'll bring you back. Uh, we'll just start where we're leaving off today. A lot of important news. Stay with American Voice Radio. You'll pick up a lot of it. But uh, tomorrow I'll make sure that we finish it off. All right. God bless you. 
These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Train to live off nature's land. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316 316- 619-4886 Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast 
a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Welcome to Mission Watch Live, another Messiah's Branch National Satellite Radio Program. We are broadcasting live from Jennings, Oklahoma, and we are on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is October 1st, Mission Watch Live, we are warning the world as it happens. If you need any help with anything after the program, please call me. If you need prayer or you may call me, you can get the machine. Please leave your name, your number, and your prayer request or message. The phone number is, of course, 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And in mercy, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. You can always find updates for the breaking news, our ministry radio archives, our mailing address at our blog, which is prophecyhour.com. Our program archives can be found at prophecyhour.com and branchpodomatic.com. We're both very smart-friendly, smart-friendly, and at branchpodomatic.com, they have Apple app and an app for Android on Google Play. So listen up, please. I challenge you to share this with two or three others. Now a prayer and we'll get on with the subject for the program. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua Hamasiak name, I ask you to bless those who have tuned in today with the light from your heavenly throne room. Please help me to speak with wisdom, truth, and words of hope to the hearers, and may these words be acceptable to you, Father, and bless the hearers with ears to hear. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Well, good afternoon. Grace and peace to you. I'm Steve Henderson, sitting in for Pastor Dan today, Pastor Dan is out on a holy convocation, a holiday, if you will, soaking up the blessings of the fellowships with others who are celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Pastor Dan will be back next week at his regularly scheduled times, and I want to thank him for the privilege and for entrusting me to carry on the program as I try to fill his big pair of shoes. For me, I've been a Bible prophecy enthusiast for around two and a half decades, and I'm uh, the founder of the Sure Word of Prophecy Ministries, and the Sure Word of Prophecy Ministries' mission is to help believers to understand Bible prophecy, prepare them for the return of Yeshua, and to make an unarguable presentation to unbelievers that there is a God who knows the end from the beginning. It's my desire to share the prophetic word with many agnostics, atheists, and scoffers, providing them with enough evidence to turn them to a saving faith in the Messiah, Yeshua. And the message that I have today is entitled, the coming great and fearful signs. Well, because of the seriousness of what I want to share with you uh, at the moment, I thought it would be well to start out with a lighthearted conversation between the characters of Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson went on a camping trip, and after some excessive amount of liquid refreshment, they had fallen asleep. And in the middle of the night, they woke up, and Holmes looks at Watson, nudging him, and says, Watson, 
Look up and tell me what you see. Watson then replies, I see stars and stars and stars. Holmes asks, what does that tell you, Watson? He then answers, well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, it tells me Saturn is a Leo. Orologically, it tells me it's about a quarter to three in the morning. Meteorologically, it tells me that tomorrow will probably be a beautiful day. Theologically, it tells me that this is a vast universe and we are just a tiny part of the greater whole. Watson then asks, Holmes, what does it tell you? And he says, Watson, you idiot, someone has sold in their tent. <laughs> oh, you know, you can be very profound on the way that you give answers and miss the bigger picture. This seems to be the case when it comes to giving answers to the questions of Bible prophecy. Some see the stars, but still cannot see the light. Others, they see the forest for the trees because they're hugging one big tree. And in an attempt to interpret the prophetic word, our answers may be very deep, but they may also miss the big picture. And wow, look, we're after 2015, and hallelujah, we made it through 2015 in September. And I know that most of you are aware of many predictions that were made for this last month. Uh, in 2015 of September, the fourth blood moon of the Tetrad, the possible rapture, Israel's imminent calamities were associated with Assyria, and an asteroid was going to hit the earth at this time, uh, blowing us all away. A major econ economic collapse. Oh, and a large halide collector did blow a hole in the abyss. Hallelujah. And there are a few other significant predictions that were also converged together at the same time. And obviously, a great amount of speculation and then surmising has come and gone. However, I'd like to encourage each of you today to stay watchful. At the time we need to be having our eyes wide open, the adversary of souls will come in, especially now, and put a bunch of doubt in your mind as to anything that may be coming from any Bible teacher. Although it didn't come down the way uh, people thought it would, it's on its way. Count on it. Take it to the bank. Stay strong and keep your eyes open. As I made my way through the, the maze of prophetic predictions that were to fall in the month of September, I found myself somewhat at awe with some of the forecasting in light of Bible prophecy. And honestly, I've been silent on the four blood moon tetrad theory, and for a very good reason, which you'll find out here in a little bit. In the past 30 years, I've tried to stay very objective when a new revelation comes from a prophecy teacher. Now, having said this, I will also admit to you that in the last four lunar eclipses that have fallen on Jewish feast days, that was an eye-opening phenomenon. Nevertheless, it's important to also recognize that the blood moon is a natural phenomenon that takes place when a moon hangs low in the sky, just after the moonrise, or before it's about to set below the horizon. If I began to do my investigation into this blood moon theory, I looked into the history of the tetrads, and there seemed to be a few occasions to be major and some not-so-major Jewish events around the vicinity of these lunar eclipses. However, I did find events attached to these eclipses that somewhat were out of sync and the timing was off. For that very reason, I decided to dig. Now, I want to say up front that it's not my intention to throw mud or bring dishonor to anyone who may uh, still believe in the, in the four blood moon theory. And we should all recognize that truth will stand, or stand under the scrutiny of close examination. And when particular Bible teaching goes viral and sells millions of books, you need to go underneath the servants 
and put a microscope on the teaching. I've learned in the past to test the teachings with serious diligence and inspection, especially if you've never heard of any of the, the, this type of teaching before. And I do believe that biblical revelation is progressive, and I'm very open to additional light. But I'm very careful to endorse a view unless it has been thoroughly examined and verified by Bible backup. And the same goes to me. If I share something with you, I expect you to seriously check me out on it. Well, one of my first questions concerning the tetrad blood moon theory was this. If blood moons were to be warnings of something to come, which is my understanding of why the Bible talks about the signs in the sky, why would the tetrads fall on the backside of major Jewish events? Case in point, a group of tetrads that were recorded falling on the Jewish feast days were in 1493 and 1494. Connected to these, these uh, tetrads in 1493 and 94 was a major Jewish event which as the Spanish Inquisition, and a date of the date, 1492. Now, it should be pointed out that the Spanish Inquisition was established in 1478 by Catholic monarchs. Uh, long before 1492, some of the Jews were already under expulsion. And in 1483, Jews were being expelled from all of Andalusia. Uh, the Inquisition was originally intended, in part, to ensure the orthodoxy of those who converted to uh, Judaism and Islam. Granted, the regulation of the newly converted was intensified after the royal decree issued in 1492 and 1501. And, by the way, I believe the Jews and Muslims that were, uh, were in much better shape when they left uh, Spain, considering the enormous persecution that they received in uh, in that area, but let's let's look at it here for a moment. the The first eclipse of the Tetrads in 1493 showed up nine months after the order decreeing that the Jews would leave. And let me ask you: Would an eclipse of the moon long after this event that happened prove much of anything? Now, if the four blood moons would have fallen before Holocaust, that would have caught my attention. And one more interesting note to ponder. If the tetrads were of major significance to something that was attached to Israel, wouldn't you think that Israel would at least get to see the blood moons? According to NASA, the last three of the four blood moons that were in this last tetrad could not even be seen in Israel. I find this quite significant. Uh, <clears throat> do you see where I'm going with this? Uh, about four, how about, about the uh, 14, 1949 and 1950 tetrads? Okay. There was a lunar eclipse in the spring of 1949, and we all know that on May 14, 1948, by the hand of Yahweh, the state of Israel was reborn. But here again, an eclipse almost a year after the fact of a major event for Israel? What's the point? And I don't want to spend much more time on the rest of my conclusions on the subject, but I share with you this thing simply to caution the audience that with any theory that begins to set times connected to Yahweh's judgment on the Jews or any other country for that matter, pay very close attention to the details. I can't say enough about this. Read the fine print. If you will, in doing so, you may discover much more that will stir you away from what is being advertised. Uh, in a few moments, I will share with you what the Bible says in its context concerning signs that no one will be able to ignore. Yes, friends, <clears throat> there will be a time when we are going to see Yahweh's signs and wonders 
flesh before the very world. Now, no one will exclude it from these witnessing these great evidences that indeed will convince everyone on the earth that, yes, there, there is one who has control of the elements, and the power of the heavens will be shaken. Now, I want to take you through some of the biblical texts that are clear indicators of a specific time and very notable events to transpire, which no one will be able to ignore. And it's very important, friends, to recognize that before the day of the great day of the Lord God Almighty, there will be unmistakable signs coming from the skies. Yeshua declared in Luke 21, verse 25 through 26, and by the way, I hope you have your Bibles, because I'm going to take you on an old-fashioned Bible study here uh, for the rest of our journey. Now, according to uh, Yeshua, he declared that before he would come back, that there would be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. The waves and the seas are roaring, and men's hearts will fill them for fear, looking upon the things which are coming upon the face of the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, in verse 28 and 27, he says, They will see the sign of the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. And I want to point out to you that in every circumstance, these worldwide signs will bring terror unlike anything we've ever witnessed. And yes, friends, Jewish thought uh, sees these signs as very uh, unmistakable. And Yeshua forewarns us to pay close attention to the very visible signs that will precede his return. As one scans the words of our coming Savior, he gives us clear details on the timing of these cataclysmic shakings from the heavens. In another testimony... Matthew records in Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 and 30, these profound statements. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, after the fact, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Hallelujah. So two of these writers of Scripture tell us that there will be a very perplexing time of distress, a time when men's hearts will fill them for fear, a great tribulation, if you will. Then they will see the unraveling of the heavens very obviously, very visible in the sky. No one will miss it. And it was immediately after the tribulation where the sun, the moon, and the stars are freaking out simultaneously. The whole world will then realize that there is an hour whereby Yahweh will show the scoffing world that there is one who has control over the elements of nature. And then the writer of Revelation also collaborates a snapshot of this very same time as the sixth seal is taking off the scroll. We find this in Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 and 14. Look with me on this as John the Revelator proclaims, I looked, and when he had opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, the moon became as blood, 
And the stars fell through the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll as when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island were moved out of its place. Friends, this will produce such a frightening moment on the world as the inhabitants of the earth recognize it's too late to change your evil ways. Please note that the moon is turning into blood in this passage. This is where the blood moon is that's significant in my thinking. And here are a couple of points to ponder. Number one, contextually, this is taking place at, at the sixth seal. Point number two, a great earthquake is apparently simultaneously going on on every island and mountain will be rocking and rolling on, on this particular time. Number three, the sun is going to turn black. Number four, the stars are going to fall out of the sky with a force unlike anything that has ever been witnessed on the face of this earth. Number five, the moon turns to blood. And number six, the whole world will see this blood moon because of the reaction it brings. The prophet adds to this picture a frenzy connected to the shakings of the heaven and the earth during the time of this blood moon. And here it is in verse 15 through 17 of the same chapter, chapter 6. And the kings of the earth and the great men and rich men and the commanders and mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains, saying to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the land. For the great day has of wrath have come, and who will be able to stand? Friends, it's very, very clear that this blood moon and the dark darkening of the sun and the stars falling out of the sky and the great earthquake where every island and mountain moves out of its place is happening at a specific time. According to Luke and according to Matthew, this is taking place at a certain time uh, called a great tribulation period. And it's when the, the moon will turn to blood and the sun will be darkened. And, of course, according to this, the sky is going to unroll um, and, and they're going to see uh, something very, very frightening uh, in, in this. And every person will be able to know that it indeed has arrived because uh, this great earthquake is going to rock every uh, island and every mountain will be moved out of its place. And there's not something that we can ignore here. And it will be able to be seen worldwide and not just from a certain uh, uh, place or a certain country. Way back in the Prophet Joel's day, he prophesied at the same time and adds some additional insight with some additional information. And I'd like to take you to Joel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I'm driving home a point here, and hopefully I'll draw a conclusion before it's all over with. The prophet Joel exclaims, Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness, a day of gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong, like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be such after them. And the prophet continues. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like swift steeds, so they run. With a noise like chariots over the mountaintops, they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them, people writh in pain, 
All faces are drained with color. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Every one of them marching in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another, and every one marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb up the houses. They enter the windows like thieves. And the earthquakes before them, the heavens tremble, and the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. For the Lord gives his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For the day of the Lord is very great and very terrible. Who can endure it? This sounds like the same picture we saw in, in the book of Revelation and the same type of uh, rhetorical question. The day of the Lord is very great and very terrible. Who is going to be enduring it? Apparently, all heck is breaking loose on the earth and on Yahweh's holy mountain, the mountain of Moriah on the Temple Mount. And by the way, if you've been looking at the news here lately, all heck is, in fact, breaking loose up over there, and that's, just, that's another subject at hand. But alarm will sound, and the war will break out, unlike anything that's ever been seen. A massive army is seeking, uh, wrecking untold havoc, and a very great and terrible day. But I want you to know, this is not the end of the story. Yahweh will be in our midst, and we will be saved out of trouble. Hallelujah. In fact, the Almighty will give us the vision and boldness to stand underneath his almighty shadow. And yes, there is a massive hope for the rest of the story. Well, we're getting at the ready to take a break. Let me share with you my website address with you. It is www.surewordprophecy.org. If you haven't been on my site before, friends, I would encourage you to go take a look. For those who have been on there before, I'm adding additional things on there on a constant basis, along with posting relevant prophetic news, which we should be paying attention to. Uh, And I don't do any selling. Send me an email. I'll send you a DVD presentation. And at your request, um, I'll I'll be happy to help you in any way. My phone number is on there, an email address. Give me a a call uh, and let me know what you need. We'll be back in three minutes. Pastor Dan will be right back. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. 
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316 316- 
the return of the Messiah, signs that cannot be ignored. We have been discussing the blood moon theory, and we're taking a look at the scripture that speaks of this blood moon and of the other signs that are taking place that the whole world will not be able to ignore. We have just looked at a passage there in the book of Joel that talks about a time when it very evidently during this particular time of the signs in the heavens, something's taking place down on the earth. And I feel in the very depths of my heart, because this is a, the Bible is a Jewish book written by Jewish prophets, that there will be some connection and something taking place over there in Israel that no one is going to be able to ignore. We've just looked at some of the passages that talked about the blowing the alarm in the Holy Mountain. <clears throat> Friends, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but when you want to bring down the trouble that's taking place in the Middle East and, and look at the controversy that's centered around it, there are a couple things to note. Where Yahweh places name, that seems to be a place of contention uh, with the Arab world. And we all recognize that. We, I, I know Pastor Dan has brought many people on the program that has spoken of uh, the conflict in the Middle East and the Arab Spring and so on and so forth. Well, here uh, recently I see the heat uh, going up on the uh, idea of the the issue of Jerusalem. And according to the prophet Joel, when we were speaking about the uh, earthquaking and the heavens trembling and the sun and moon growing dark and the stars diminishing to brightness, the Lord is going to uh, execute a very big camp. And because he is the one who executes his word, and the day of the Lord is very great and terrible, who's going to be able to endure it? And apparently, uh, the blowing the alarm in the holy mountain, there's a, a refocusing, and he's going to bring all the world's attention back to the little place called Israel. We all recognize that. We know the profound prophetic implications. Uh, we recognize that, there, that when this thing comes down, there's going to be a, a, a tumultuous time on the earth that's been unlike anything we've ever seen in, in the history of the world. Uh, could you imagine a time greater than the Holocaust? And when this movement begins to take place, you're going to know it. And connected with the earthly movement, you see things taking place in the heavenlies. And you find that throughout the scriptures, the, the, the focus of the prophets will, will focus on the things that are taking place on the earth, and then... The, the prophet will speak of something that's taken place in the heavenlies. Well, we left off uh, before the break reading uh, about this massive army and, the, and, the, and the, the trouble that's going to take place and the, the, the rank and files of the armies taking place, uh, uh, the surge is taking place around the area of the Holy Mountain. Now, in Joel chapter 2, verse 27 through 32, we find... Uh, the uh, prophet continuing, and there is massive hope in the rest of the story. Let's look at it in Joel chapter 2, verse 27, and uh, go onward from there. The prophet declares, Then you shall know I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And on my maidservants and my maidservants, 
I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of Yahweh. It will come to pass that whoever calls on the name of Yahweh and Yeshua shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. And the Lord has said, among the remnant of whom the Lord calls. In the book of Daniel, you find a promise during this time of trouble found in Daniel chapter 12. There's going to be some, a series of events that take place, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and it commences with a war. And during this war, when this thing comes down, the the prophecies declare that it's going to start a war, and then while the war is taking place and while these nations are being formed, that are going to take take uh, control of the earth. <clears throat> there is something taking place up in the heavenlies. And as the little horn speaks down on the earth, uh, when he comes out as, after all of this turmoil, then you see the focus being shifted up to the heavenlies. And the ancient of days coming, and the Son of Man coming to the ancient days, and in this particular time frame, judgment uh, is commenced and the books are opened. Now, in the book of Revelation, we see that during this particular time, there is going to be seven trumpets that are come out uh, and being prepared to sound. Now, I want you to please note, as we go over there to Revelation chapter 8, that, again, we're going to see signs that no one can ignore. It's not going to be a a moon eclipse here. There's there's more to it than just a, a blood moon taking place. And at the time of turmoil, on the earth, there's going to be simultaneously the sun's going to freak out, the moon's going to freak out, the stars are going to freak out, and yet the promise it will come to pass in that day, whoever calls on the name of Yeshua will be saved. Yes, friends, there's a lot of hope in all of this. And I want to take you to the trumpet blast, and the trumpets uh, in, the, in the book of Revelation are very serious events that are taking place as the judgment commences. And I believe that even during this time, the Lord's hand is still going to be outstretched to save. But I'm wondering if anyone's going to pay attention. In the book of Revelation, chapter 8, we see the angels coming out, preparing themselves to sound. And let's look at that in Revelation 8, verse 6, and onward. The prophet declares, So the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel sounds, and hell and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. First note, that when the first angel sounds, hell and fire mingled with blood is going to be thrown to the earth. Now, you can, you can either look at this literally or metaphorically, irregardless, recognize that the trees are going to be burned up and the green grass is going to be burned up. There's going to be great heat coming out of the sky. And when you go over there to the book of Revelation in the seventh chapter, and you see that there are two groups of people that are specifically mentioned after the question is asked in Revelation 6, 
the great day of the Lord has come, and who will be able to stand, the prophet switches over to two groups of people. The 144,000 that are found in Revelation chapter 7, and then there's another group found in Revelation 7 that comes out of great tribulation, and they, are, they have uh, robes on, white robes on, and there are palm branches in their hands. And uh, at the end of that description of these uh, ones who came out of great tribulation, uh, it says that these particular people will be led, uh, the Lamb will lead them to, uh, to, to good waters, and the sun will not strike on them anymore, and they will hunger, neither will they thirst anymore. So it indicates to me that there are going to be people that come out of great tribulation during this time, but even though they came out, uh, they're, they're going to be led by the Lamb and be fed in the, in the green pastures. And apparently, uh, during this time, the sun is beaten on them with great heat. According to this particular verse in chapter 6 of verse 8, or uh, I'm sorry, chapter 8 and verse 6, the first trumpet sounds, and it's going to be great heat that's going to burn up a third of the trees, and green grass is going to be burned up also. Then the second angel sounds, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And notice that during this time, a third of the sea becomes as blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea dies, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the projection or have seen the picture of a, uh, an asteroid, but apparently John sees this thing that looks like a great mountain that comes out of the sky and burning with fire and it's thrown into the sea, and it's going to create a great havoc in the waters, and a third of the ships are going to be uh, destroyed. I've been looking at asteroids for quite a long time, and, you know, there are a lot of them out there just encircling the orbits. And uh, I'm, I know that at a certain time, uh, you all will be able to deflect one of those rocks, and they're going to come down, and it's going to hit this planet, and it's going to create a tremendous turmoil. And make no mistake, when this stuff happens, it's going to be a worldwide event. It's not going to be something that's just going to be seen over in a certain part of North America or in Latin America. So it's going to affect the whole world. And then the prophet declares, the third angel sounds, and a great star fell from heaven, like a burning torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the waters, and the name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Apparently, when the third star falls from heaven, and it would be like a torch, I think it's something that's going to be very, very visible, and it falls on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters, and apparently the water is going to become very, very bitter. And, you know, without water, uh, mankind doesn't last very long. And if there were ever a time that you'd be stocking up on water, friends, it's right now, because if you're looking at, uh, at the droughts that are taking place across the planet, uh, it's very evident that we're heading into a great water crisis. And then left of the, the rest of the water is left, which they're only 2% of the water that's potable today uh, that is able to drink out of the, all the water on the earth. Uh, the, even though we're surrounded by oceans, you can't drink salt water. And it's very, very costly to desalinate de 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 that, that water. And yet, <clears throat> during this time, 
the water is going to be poured out, and, well, and in the beginning of it, uh, some of the waters are going to be uh, mingled with the blood, and in the third trumpet, they're going to be made bitter. And then the fourth angel sounds, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars. Here again, we find that there is signs, great signs and wonders, that are taking place. And if you're an atheist, you're going to see, your heart's going to drop out uh, uh, underneath you. And in fact, uh, Luke said that your heart is going to fill you for fear, looking upon the things that are taking place upon the planet Earth, for the powers of the heavens are shaken. And by the way, friends, this is a shaking of the, of the, uh, the heavens, and the powers of the heavens are being shaken during this time. And John is explaining and articulating this here in his, his vision. And he looked, and he saw an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blast of the trumpets, of the three angels who are yet to sound. Brothers and sisters, there is a day when we will arrive at our ultimate destiny. Whether it be in this generation or the next, we will have to wait and see. But we will not be caught off guard, and we will have to be straining at, uh, at the signs. They will be so evident and so profound that people will, will be freaking out on the earth. And when this great sixth seal is unloosed, and that moon turns to blood, and the sun is darkened, and the, 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 the stars fall out of the sky like uh, just beyond anything we've ever seen, the scroll will unroll in the heavens, and on the earth a great earthquake, and every mountain and island will move out of its place. And then you will know that the word of Yahweh will be true, and there is one who's going to take control of the evidence, and he, by the wrath of his anger, he's going to shake the heavens and the earth. And friends, hopefully before this happens, you will be prepared. We will not be caught off guard, friends. The believers who live in these times, spoken of by the holy prophets, will have much to see, much to endure, much sorrow, and hanging on to the blessed hope for our Savior's promise for dear life. Yeshua gave his life that we can have eternal life, and he gives us all this to see and be forewarned about before the time of the end. Friends, there is hope in the prophecies. There is hope in the personal prophecies that we find throughout the Scriptures. The Bible declares in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that God demonstrated his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Yeshua died for our sins. Yes, friends, the prophecy of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, one of the most popular prophecies in Scripture, says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. For Yahweh did not send his Son in the world to condemn it, but the world through him would be saved. Yes, friends, the Bible declares, Yeshua says, If you hear the words of mine and believe in him who sent me, 
you have eternal life and will not come into judgment, but will pass from death to life. If you confess your sins, John says, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yes, in all of this that we're looking at, in these closing periods of Earth's history, there is light that shines from the throne group of mercy and grace to you today. I am wholeheartedly uh, confident that the things that are spoken of by the prophets are going to come to pass exactly like they say they're going to happen. As we look at the prophecies that have happened in the past, the coming of the Messiah in the first day, when the Bible declared that 700 years before Yeshua showed up on the earth, the place of Bethlehem was mentioned. The Hebrew word Bethlehem means house of bread. And later on, 700 years later, just exactly the way it said, Yeshua showed up in the house of bread and later on proclaimed himself to be the bread of life and proclaimed that if you eat of this bread, you will never hunger. He himself proclaimed himself to be the light of the world. And friends, I don't know if I've shared much of my testimony with you before, but I came out of a great darkness. And as prophecy began to illuminate my my mind and heart, I began to move myself out of the dark world. And one day, I challenged uh, Yeshua uh, to show me whether he existed or not. And here I am today, proclaiming his holy word. I know that it was Bible prophecy that that proclaimed to me that the book is uh, reliable. And light came out of this word, and it's like a light that shines in a dark place and shines more and more into the perfect day. And as we, here in 2015, have passed September 2015, still unscathed, watch out. Look up and lift up your head, for your redemption is drawing near. I wholeheartedly believe that as we see the, the things that are taking place upon our planet, and whatever you do, don't miss this next program in uh, Pastor Dan's Prophecy Hour. I'll be on there again to tell you a little bit about what is going to take place uh, through these efforts that have happened here just in the last two weeks with the Pope coming to America and the things that are taking place at the United Nations as we speak. Oh, my. Russia has just moved in to Syria. I believe that is so profound because in the book of Daniel, you find four beasts coming up uh, at a time of great turmoil, and one is a bear. I think the bear is moving, and it's now planted itself in the Middle East, right north of Israel. And my goodness, something is coming down. Iran and Syria, as we speak, are joining forces together. And don't forget, Iran has has told uh, Israel, we are going to uh, annihilate you and move you out of the occupied territory, and they do have plans to do it. They're still speaking about it, even after the deal. Now, the United States is real, real concerned about what their place is now in all of this, 
And now immigrants are sweeping Europe that are coming out in multitudes. And and as they hit the ground in these European nations, they are already uh, attacking Christians and trying to enforce Sharia law on people. There is something going on a lot larger than what we can understand, but we recognize the prophets do say that at this time of turmoil, at a time of great trouble, uh, there will be people who are wise, who will shine as the brightness of the firmament. And these people that have understanding will give a message, a last great hope message, that one day Jesus will come back and, 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 and uh, gather his people together, that where he is, we can be also. There is a promise of his return. Count on it. Take it to the bank and cash it in, friends. Because as we see these very events taking place, he is standing at the door and knocking at your heart. He says, if any man hear my voice as I knock and open up the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to have a relationship. If there were ever a time that we need to quit playing with the Almighty, it's at this moment. Too many, far too many Christians are playing church, and they feel that they're okay when they go to church and walk into a building once a week. It's time to get out of a religion, friends, get rid of sin in our life, and get into a relationship, confess our sins, and know that when we do, he has cleansed us, because we're going to need a confidence as we enter into this arena that we're entering in now. And I mean to tell you, it is really coming together. And what I find is interesting, it's coming very, very rapidly. I think the final movements are becoming so quick, and I, I can't keep up in the prophetic news to keep that on my website. I've, I have seen in the last couple of years I've been doing this website and keeping up with the news. I can't keep up with it anymore. Um, there's just so much of it to put on there. <clears throat> and I, it seems to me like we're getting busier and busier in life when we ought to stop, stand still, and, and look with, with very attentive ears and eyes to see because there are so many things that are converging together uh, as we usher ourselves into this, this new arena of conflict. And it is taking place quickly. Benjamin Netanyahu just spoke before the United Nations. I didn't get a chance to see a whole bunch of it, but uh, he is very, very disturbed at the world body, as the world body is over there right now, uh, uh, clasping hands together on common ground. And we'll talk about that in the next program. Friends, please, uh, if you uh, have ever um, heard anything at all, hear this. Yeshua is coming. Whether you recognize it or not, and I know that some people may have been a little bit let down with the, the predictions of September 2015, but listen, it's on its way. Wait for it. Trust and wait, because it will come to pass, surely as it has been written. Well, friends, we're closing out uh, this program, and please remember to pray about supporting our mission to church and always be a blessing to others. I want to uh, admonish you to, to uh, think about an offering for, for uh, Pastor Dan's uh, program here. I feel it's a very important program, and he's one of the ones that are blowing the trumpet uh, and alerting others to 
take heed and watch and pray, friends, that your heart is not weighed down by the cares of this life and by the deceitfulness of, of riches and the pursuit of the almighty dollar that this day comes upon you unaware. If the good man had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and not suffered his house to be broken up. So watch, therefore, and pray always that you'll be out, counted to uh, worthy to escape these things and to stand before the Son of Man. We must remember, friends, that there's only one God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his son is Yeshua HaMashiach, who gave his life for our repentant sins, and after three days rose and three nights in the heart of the earth, rose from the dead, and through him is the only way to the Father. Friends, he's coming back soon, and remember, to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. One more thought to ponder. Pray for the peace of your Jerusalem. And praying for that, that city is praying for the Messiah's turn. So let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now let's pray. Lord our God, Father Yahweh, King of the universe, I ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father Yahweh blesses and keeps you, that his face shines upon you, is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Steve Henderson in for Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for the Messiah's Branch.